This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. As the city struggles to find locations for asylum seekers, one suggestion is not going over well with the Nassau County Executive. Queensboro President Donovan Richards is suggesting Nassau Coliseum as a migrant shelter. It is not going to happen here in Nassau County. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman fired back at the suggestion the Nassau Coliseum house asylum seekers. We are not inviting immigrants and migrants into the county that are here from south of the border and not using the proper and normal channels. Staten Island Borough President Vito Fasella speaking out against the potential conversion of the Fort Wadsworth site into a migrant shelter. The federal government should solve it before forcing the people of Staten Island and others to solve their problem that they created. Here at City Mayor Eric Adams has asked the White House to declare a state of emergency over asylum seekers. Is that something the president is considering? All I can say is this. We are having a conversation, regular and regular conversation with the mayor of New York City and obviously uh, as well uh, with the governor uh, of the state of New York. And these are uh, conversations that uh, uh, we have had for some time. We're now on those demonstrations where supporters and opponents of congestion pricing were speaking out. Dueling demonstrations at this one people against the congestion pricing plan. At an earlier one, people for it. This rally pumped up what some claim are the positives of the plan. But congestion pricing is filled with negative impacts, said New Yorkers who marched into MTA headquarters. Great polls just out. Leading by 40, 50, and even 60 points. Who expected that? I did. Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, all very strong, but also leading Biden very big. The sanctimonious is crashing. Perhaps the party should come together. People should drop out of the race. We unify, and we beat Biden and the Democrats. They should be easy to beat because our country has never been in worse condition. But it is right now. Thank you. Now I have the time of my life. No, I never felt like this before. Yes, I swear it's a truth. And I owe it all to you. Cause I song has so many meanings, if you will, on this rainy 
what's soon to be gorgeous Friday here in New York City. Time of your life. And, uh, of course, this was in the movie Dirty Dancing. And the very first reason, if you listen to this show every day and almost all of New York does, trust me, we see the numbers. <laughs> big numbers, big numbers. Weeklies come out today. We'll see those later on this afternoon. But if you listen to this show, you know that especially early on in the program and uh, the very first segment, when we play a song, there is some significance to that song, to that artist. There's something be going on. Maybe it's their birthday. Maybe they're dead. Maybe Lou banged them. Maybe Lou smoked weed with them. Usually there's a connection to Lou Ruffino. There is none here, not in this case, but this song from the movie Dirty Dancing and Don't Ever Put Baby in the Corner, of course, that was Jennifer Gray's role, but the star of the movie, a guy that I really enjoyed, and I was legitimately brokenhearted when he died, a very young man, very young man from cancer, Patrick Swayze. And today is Patrick Swayze's birthday. I was thinking about this yesterday, Lou. Oftentimes we play these songs because they're great songs. That's a great song. I'll tell you the second reason why coming up. But And then the person's dead. Yeah, it's your fault. Kind of takes away from the birthday celebrations. Yeah, I think you did that. I mean, I don't think Patrick Swayze's going to town tonight. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) No, unfortunately. How old would uh, he die really young? He died at 57. Oh, I thought he was even younger than that. So he would have been, what, about 70 today? He's got to be gone almost 20 years. He died 2000. 2009. Sorry, so that's uh, 14 years ago. Yeah. He would have been 71. Right. Very good. Very, look at that math. That is quick. Come on, baby. That is quick. Uh, yeah. Clap, pay attention to Sid. He got the answer. <laughs> Thank you, Dominic. Yeah. Uh, so he would have been 71. But the second reason why that song is so great on a Friday is, folks, uh, you know this, my mother Naomi, who was a cult hero at this point, I really believe the two people that our listening audience, which is huge, like the most on this earth are Donald Trump and Naomi Rosenberg. I'm not even sure I line up in the top five, but they're compelled to listen every day. They love my mother. And Naomi, who's been feeling better lately, not great, but better, she lives, of course, in Kanyanga Lake. And the lake up there is split between Kanyanga Lake and White Lake about six miles outside of Monticello in a very, very nice little neighborhood nestled away in upstate New York. But we've been going upstate now, me and my family, my late father, Harvey, for 40-something years, the old days of the bungalow colonies. We did woodlands. We did cappies. Uh, I played ball at Landsman's. And for years, we went to ideal bungalow colony, Louis Slamowitz, which was very, very popular with folks here in the city. So we've got a long history, my family, of going upstate. That's where the Jews go. I've been going up there so long, in fact, when I was a kid, those hotels were still open. The Concord, in Kayamisha, the Stevensville, in Swan Lake, the Neville in Ellenville, Kutcher's, Browns with, uh, what's his name? Um, he did the, the, uh, the radiothon every year. Real douchebag. Comedian. Uh, Jerry Lewis. All these hotels were still open. That's how long I've been going upstate. And Dirty Dancing is centered around upstate. 
Kellerman's. Kellerman's, very good. <laughs> I just remember. Very that. good. <laughs> that guy was great. In fact, one of the greatest moments of my life was playing for Winston Day Camp, which is off of Sackett Lake in upstate New York, and scoring 54 points against Kaufman's Bungalow Colony. Now, you have to understand, Kaufman's Bungalow Colony was really religious. So these guys walked on the court wearing tzitzis. And, uh, you know, basically <laughs> wrapped. <laughs> they were ready to dominate at halftime. And I'm like, and the guys, my, my uh, counselor's like, they're kind of religious. I'm, I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to score 60 off these bastards. These Jews, I'm going to kill them. And I put in 54. Nice. And I talked about that for years. That was such a big deal for me. But, uh, yes, uh, Kellerman's was the name of the hotel. Do you remember who played Jen Gray's father? Uh, that is um, great actor Orbach. Yes, Jerry Orbach. The great Jerry Orbach. Very good. Law and Order, and uh, I actually saw. Man, I'm, I'm really I'm getting old. I actually saw Jerry Orbach when he was on Broadway in Forty Second Street. You believe that? I believe it. Yes. Now, what what the very famous commercial <laughs> stole their song? From the play Forty Second Street. What famous? Yes, a uh, a hotel in New York City. Oh, the thing that Curtis has been. Come on, let's go. It. You got this. Come on along and listen to the Lullaby of Broadway. Broadway. Come on, you got it. Yeah, that. That's it's the Milford Plaza. Oh, Milford Plaza. There you go. Okay. Yes, Jerry Orbach. I forgot what that hotel was. Susan Brown Auto checks in. She's <laughs> listening as we speak from Bethel, which is where my mother lives. Listens every morning. She's a big political macha up there and hangs out with people like Duke Devlin. Goes to Bethel Cafe with my friends Tara and. Uh, her daughter and that whole crew up there. So good morning up in Bethel to Susan Brown Otto. Do you know who I just saw in the cast of Dirty Dancing that I well, never Well, let me think. Knew? Let me think. Let me think. You this, got you got Swayze. You got Jennifer Grey. You got you got Orbach. Another very famous person. This person. Oh, Freddie Roman. No, well, this per, well, this person is close to where where we work right now. I don't want to give it too close. Close to where we work right now. Actually works here. He works in the building? Well, he, yes. In our building. Well, but he's not a member of, of Red Apple Media, is well, he? Well, he's, he, he works. Joe Piscopo? You're getting close. Oh, uh, Vinny Madugno. No, he's you're, too young. Way too young. Now you're closer. Tony Orlando. No closer. You, you, you. Oh, it's one of those guys. Yeah, oh, Cousin Brucey. Cousin Bruce. Yes, he's Morrow in it. Yes. Yes. It. Yes, he, he is. He's a magician. Yes, I do remember that. I, I didn't, don't remember that. Cousin Brucey and Dirty Dancing. And don't forget, coming up September 7th is the big gala at Cipriani's celebrating Cousin Brucey's, well, something. What are we celebrating? Uh, the, how many rabbits he's pulled out of a hat. He's obviously good at it. It's, I think it's I his wanna, birthday or something. I, I, I don't know. I want to see him do some magic now. Yeah, no, he was the magician. I remember that, yes. Wow. Freddie Roman, who was a great comedian, Freddie used to split his time between New York and Fort Lauderdale. And when I was a big star down in Miami for about 13 years, Freddie would be, like, driving somewhere to eat, and he would call in. And he's like, oh, my God, you know, my father, oh, my God, Sydney, you sound great. We love you here in Fort Lauderdale. He's died since. But he wasn't in that movie. He was in a movie, I believe, called Sweet Lorraine or something, Lorraine, which also took place in upstate New York in that, uh, you know, the, the Catskills... The Jewish Alps, 
Whatever they called it. I don't know. But Now, now one of the other dancers, uh, Patrick Swayze's first dancer. Yes, I remember gets, her. Okay. Who was she? Cynthia Rhodes. Now, what, what was she from? Now, she was... Flash in, dance? She was also in a... An 80s band. 80s band? Yes. Um, Bananarama? No. Bangles? No. It's It was with a a guy singer and her and a band. They had one song. What really. was the song? Uh, I want you to guess it. I, want to try I don't it know. I, I okay. have no idea. Okay. I have no idea. Obsession. Oh, Obsession. That's a good song. Yeah. That's her, huh? I'm going to find that. She's yes. hot. Isn't she hot? She, yeah, I don't know if this is a recent picture. She, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah she's, uh, no, she's 66. So she's 66. <laughs> yeah. No, she doesn't look so bad. She's, not so bad, no, right? It's not good. so bad means <laughs> she looks bad, but. According to our scale. <laughs> I don't want to be nasty. <laughs> no, she does. It's 66. If All I right. look good at 66, I'll be happy. I don't even. All right, there's your uh, walk down Catskill memory <laughs> lane. Once again, happy birthday to Patrick Swayze. And that's why this show, when everybody else uh, in this town gets two and threes, and we get five sixes at one point sevens is because of stuff like that. When you can spend 13 minutes talking about the Catskills and Patrick Swayze on a day where for the billionth time you're going to hear about Trump's indictments and Eric Adams and migrants, that's why we get big ratings. And I try to explain that to people here, other talent on the station, even management at times, they do get it for the most part, for the most part. But uh, not everybody listens to me, and they get lousy ratings. That's how it works. You do what you want to do. You you do what you want to do. And uh, no one's going to run to listen because you can hear that or watch that 23 hours a day in a number of places. Fox News, the guys across the street, and 9,000 radio shows working in the same genre. Don't be afraid to come out of your box and do something that is... Social, do something that is pop culture, where everybody, Republicans, Democrats, independents, everybody understands what you're talking about, everybody relates, and everybody enjoys it. Like congestion pricing, for example. Who doesn't enjoy a little congestion pricing? Am I right, Lewis? Who doesn't love a little bit of congestion pricing? Don't include me in that. I love it. (laughs) You don't love love it. So uh, let me see. we got a couple of cuts here. No, we don't. We have no cuts on the congestion pricing. But I know it's an issue today because I, I saw a video of one of these really annoying girls. She's, like, standing outside at a rally, and she's like, what do we want? And these idiotic people are like, congestion pricing. And she's like, when do we want it? And they're like, now. And, and I hated this girl. I hated her. But is her name Elizabeth Adams? Was she the one leading the uh, the charge yesterday? I hated are, are her so much, I, I had Justin cut her out of the open. Are you asking me? Yeah. You, you even know? Um, what's a long way to say no? Yeah. Okay. What is uh, what is the reason why congestion pricing is all of a sudden a story today? Well, Noam Layden is on vacation, but uh, Jimmy Flippin did a very good job of filling in for Noam earlier this morning. He'll be with us, I think, till Thursday. So, Jimmy, uh, give me the reason why congestion pricing is once again a story this morning. Good morning, Sid. Well, yesterday they had a rally at City Hall to kick things off. That's the scenes you're referring to, I think, with the what do we want now, congestion pricing now. And there was a group there at City Hall that basically they want congestion pricing. Then that was interrupted by Well, the people that want congestion pricing... Claim less buses, cleaner air, right. all the psycho nonsense bullshizzle 
that these liberals and Democrats and gray-haired freaks worry about every single day. Right. It's like a climate change thing, congested roads. They're stupid people. Can you say that, Jimmy? Uh, That the people are stupid? I want you to say they're stupid people. There are stupid people. No, that... they, those people. Are you are you for congestion pricing? I'm not. No. So I want you to I've say, say said they it. are stupid people. They are stupid people. Thank because... you very much. I yeah. can't mind wow. you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You are no gnome later. I, I just, I just, oh, wow. <laughs> just browbeat the news I mean, guy. My God. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I'd like that. to say that I just don't, I think it's a really bad idea when the data is on the side of you want people back in the city. You know, the, the uh, offices yeah. buildings are yeah. less yes. occupied than other yeah. uh, cities around gotcha. the world. Right. You know, you want people back in the city. No, 100%. You're right. So anyway, the congestion pricing rally was one side saying we want congestion pricing. Then guy, a guy burst in and said, no, 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 this is a money grab. We yeah. don't want this. He interrupted the rally. But there was two hearings yesterday. There was a city council hearing about it, mm-hmm. the Transportation Committee, mm-hmm. and then the MTA board gotcha. that's reviewing it. They also met. Did uh, Curtis get arrested there, too, or? I'd like to see Curtis get arrested in multiple places, maybe three or four by Monday, if we can make that happen. Mm -hmm. Well, he's going to be here today, and then what happens the next two days, I don't care. And you can have, like, a tour shirt. Yeah. This is where he got arrested. The the, the Curtis. As long as he's here Monday morning, I don't care. That's what we need. So the beautiful Margot Katz and Matidis, and I'm not blowing smoke their way. We've been over this a million times. I just happen to love her and her husband. She uh, texted me and said, Cousin Brucey is being honored for over 60 years of pioneering music radio. And that's true. I have a, a, a healthy abundance of respect, admiration, and love for Cousin Brucey. So does Stern, you know. Howard loves him. Makes fun of him every now and then, but he loves him. So anybody who appreciates music, music radio. Magic. Exactly. You have to love Cousin Brucey. So that is a well-deserved party. Thank you, Margo. Uh, coming up on September the 7th, I'll be there. And I'm looking forward to um, to the big night. Last year was the 100-year party, and that was a beautiful event. Now, for me, it was a little bittersweet because while we did celebrate 100 years and John and Margot were great, and I have visions of, like, Chad and even his daughter dancing late at night, my partner Bernard, God rest his soul, was in pretty bad shape. In fact, Bernie died October the 5th of last year less than one month after that evening. And I did speak that night, and my speech that night was basically about Bernard and how ill he was. And despite what some of the management told us, here, he's coming back, he's coming back, I knew he was going to die. And I was devastated. Because I really wanted him to enjoy his family, his friends, and, and go out the right way and not lie to people. And that night, you may remember, I, I spoke about Bernard exclusively. And the whole place, I asked the place, boy, it's all coming back now. I actually asked everybody in attendance to stand up and give Bernie a rousing round of applause. Eerily similar, I'll admit it, to what Gail Sayers did. Or actually the actor who played Gail Sayers in the movie Brian's song, when Gail Sayers, roommate and partner with the Chicago Bears, Brian Piccolo, played so brilliantly by Jimmy Kahn, was dying. Very similar, I'll admit, yes. And everybody got up and clapped. And it was sad and beautiful at the same time. So this October the 5th, 
will be one year since my partner and friend of 25 years passed away. But um, this celebration coming up September the 7th, for me at least, will be more of a celebration and less sad than it was a year ago for a great guy and cousin Bruce Morrow. All right, big, big show coming your way. Great guests. Curtis Lee was going to be here. Andrew Giuliani's going to be here. Peter King. Folks, you don't want to miss this. Just please trust me. He's coming on at 840. It has been <laughs> a contentious couple of days between me and the congressman after our blowout fight on the air, which was real. That was not staged. It wasn't overdramatized. That was real. So Peter comes back at 840. Could make for very explosive radio. Joe Beningo is going to be here today. Sebastian Gorka and maybe Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman as well. The number is always 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. Off to a great start on a Friday morning. Sitting friends in the morning. Exclusively right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. control of your money. Get the Digital Dollar Report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Nicely done there, Lou Rufino. So, 
I got picked up at my house at about 10 after 4 this morning, and I walked outside and do what I always do. I locked the door, I put the alarm on, and weather was fine. Then I get in the car, we're on the road about 8 minutes, and we hit the entrance to the Bell Parkway going west. Uh, Joe Nolan, this is like porn for you. Listen up. So we hit the uh, entrance of the Bell Parkway going west, and all of a sudden the skies open up. And it goes from no rain to a monsoon. I mean a monsoon in 10 seconds. And the Bell Parkway, for some reason, I guess it's because the water is right there and it floods over. I don't know. It is a mess. The FDR is a mess. The Brooklyn Bridge is a mess. And this is like recent, it feels like. Yes, I swear to I'm glad you said that yeah, because I've been making it, it these does. trips for years, on and off for the better part of 24 years. And I don't remember it ever being as harrowing as it is now. All the lanes on the belt are I've a mess. Seen. Everybody goes into that middle lane, yeah. and then you're slow, but there's a lake coming across the whole a highway. A lake, right, and then you, you hit the gas, and then you can't see for the next 50 feet because oh, the water hits your windshield, and I'm in the back seat like, oh, my God, we're going to die. Yeah, the whole thing, I've never seen it, only on the ends of the highway, but now it's Horrible. across the whole, what's yeah. going on on the roads now? So then, uh, you know, i got to pay the driver today. That's got to stop, John. So I had to pay the driver today. So we had to stop at uh, the bank, this TD bank, and then uh, it's only a couple of blocks away. And then the driver dropped me off here at the building, Levi. And the walk is about five feet from the car to the entrance to the building, which once you get there is, is a covering, five feet. He dropped me off at exactly 4.51 a.m. It is 6.31 a.m., and I am still wet. I swear to you. And I decided today to wear a nice button-down white shirt, a beautiful blue denim sport jacket, gray slacks. I look like a pinup model. At the risk of sounding really arrogant, I look gorgeous. Tan, had a great workout yesterday. I'm still wet two hours later, and I'm pissed. Because I know that by 9 o'clock, it's going to be gorgeous and sunny, which will make for a nice ferry ride home. I love that. But it seemed like every morning this week was complete craziness. Chaos. And then I see Lou almost every morning, I swear to you. He drives that ABC truck, yeah. and he comes zipping by me on the left or on the right almost every morning. <laughs> but then I beat him in because he's got to park the car, walk a couple of blocks. He walked in this morning. He was soaking wet. So, and I just, just from the curb to yeah. here. Yeah. That's it. I didn't walk from the lot. It's a mess. I, like, I missed it. I missed it coming in, and right. I and I remember it started, and I looked out the window, and I was like, "Wow, you know." Yeah, it was bad. I should probably let somebody know about it. <laughs> you probably should. And then and, I got back to work. So and, now I got to think yeah. that uh, Nolan's going to have accidents all over the place. We'll find out. Uh, the big political news: We did the congestion pricing with Jim Flippin filling in for the vacationing. Noam Layden was my guy. Trump. He was on Larry Kudlow last night, and uh, Larry did a great job. I love Larry. Saw a nice picture at a dinner last night. John and Margot Katsimatidis, Larry Kudlow, my friend Cindy Adams, who wrote about me in Inside Man just Monday, and Mark Simone. Mark Simone ends up at everybody's dinner. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, Brian Kilmeade texted me and said, how come I'm not there? And Simone is there. Didn't do that. I'm kidding. Uh, so Trump was on Kudlow, and he spent a lot of time talking about Biden, unifying the Republican Party, 
all the things that he should be talking about five days before the first GOP Republican debate, which, again, it still seems like Donald Trump is not, not going to participate, even though the last couple of weeks he's acting as if he might. So here is uh, Donald Trump, cup number two, courtesy of our dear friend Larry Kudlow, who does a great Saturday show here, but, of course, is on Fox Business every weekday, talking about Joe Biden. Trump on Biden, Lewis, cut number two. We have a man that's grossly incompetent. We're going to end up in a world war the way. He's going to end up in World War Three, which is going to be a nuclear war. Uh, he doesn't understand what MAGA means. If you asked him right now to define MAGA or to say what MAGA is, he would not be able to say, make America great again. He's always saying MAGA, those MAGA people. But if you would say, what does MAGA stand for? He wouldn't know. He wouldn't be able to tell you that. But you know, it's called make America great again. And right now, again, is probably you have to use it because we don't have a great country. We have a country that's a laughing stock all over the world. We have a president who can't properly represent us. He goes to meetings in foreign countries and he makes a fool out of himself. He's a fool. Hmm. And <laughs> I can just imagine President Xi, uh, all of these these leaders that I've gotten to know so well, Macron, they're laughing at this whole situation. Nobody can believe it. Goes on to talk about this. All these indictments is an attack on him. Donald Trump, once again, courtesy of our friend Larry Kudlow, Fox Business, cut number four. It's a witch hunt. It's just a continuation of a witch hunt. They want to silence you. They want to silence you. And they mean silence. They are, uh, I think they're sick people. I think they are people that... Uh, have no idea how the world works, and they have no idea the anger they cause. You know, we have a tremendous group of people in this country, and I'm not just talking about Republicans. We have them on both sides, and we have a lot of them. And when they watch us witch hunt this disgusting situation, uh, where they do it for publicity, where they do fundraisers based on, you know, she, uh, in her case, and they're all bad, uh, but in her case, because I have four of them now, if you look, I mean, this is not even possible for over the next last couple of months. Uh, and frankly, it discredits everything. And they're all very similar in the sense that they're, uh, there's no basis for them. So I'm not sure if you guys know this or not. Uh, Jimmy Flippin, give me the latest on this. And this plays into the whole, hey, the election was rigged because plenty of Democrats have said that over the last couple of years. None have been taken to task, let alone arrested like Donald Trump. One of them, oh, the lady that Trump beat, that longtime wench, Hillary Clinton. There is a hurricane right now that is now a Category 4 named Hurricane Hillary. Isn't that right, Jim? That is correct. And where is that hurricane? It is off the coast of... Baja, California right now. Oh, Baja. Oh, it's a West Coast hurricane. It is. Uh, so is it due to hit land? Any Are there any populated yeah, spots over there that are worried well, this morning? I, I think it, it's looking like it might make landfall near San Diego, but Oof. they're also changing that a little bit. Now they're saying maybe the Baja Peninsula. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's very rare that a hurricane of that magnitude would make landfall in Southern California. Yeah, I've never like heard of that. Yeah, I mean, earthquakes, obviously, those types of you know, mud uh, fires, all those types of right. things. But 
to your point, maybe I'll get Scott Kaplan on, my very first ever radio co-host from back in 1997. He does a big-time show out of San Diego and Los Angeles. But uh, thank you, Jim. Jumped to make that point on Cutlow that, wait a second, you're arresting me. What about these other people that whined, including Hurricane Hillary? This is Trump, cut number seven. It's a very sad thing when you look at it, and then you look at the suppression. They want to suppress your voice. They don't want you to ever talk about an election. If you talk about an election, they want to put you in jail. And uh, then you say, well, what about Hillary Clinton? She's been talking about What about Stacey Abrams in Georgia? She's still saying she won the governor's election. What about all these other people that have been talking about uh, elections, including a lot of the congressmen that talk big, and then you look back four years or two years even, and they're talking about every election that you've ever seen. They try and uh, persuade people that it didn't happen. No, it's a disgraceful thing. It's very simple to moving away from the election interference and talking about the migrant crisis here in New York. It's very simple to figure out what's going on, and this is one of the frustrations with people like me who did spend a decent amount of time getting to know the mayor, like the mayor, dined with the mayor, had great conversations with the mayor, and for a while there considered the mayor a pretty good friend. And he may still to this day think that's the case. I don't know. But it's not. We haven't seen each other in quite some time. He has not been on this show in quite some time. And lately I spend a lot more time criticizing Adams than saying anything nice, and I do it with zero remorse. One of the reasons why I'm angry with him is because instead of calling out the people that are at the very top, Joe Biden by name, we've been over this. He finds a way to almost do it, comes close, not good enough. And we all know this. The migrant issue in New York City goes back to one, one issue, and that is wide open borders. Has anybody, Jim or Justin or Lewis or the millions listening right now, has anyone ever heard Mayor Eric Adams call out Mayorkas? Has anyone ever heard Mayor Adams say, hey, do me a favor, it'll make my job easier, close the epping border. Please, close the epping border, Biden. No, he blames the federal government, which, if you're smart enough to figure that out, means I can blame both sides. So he thinks he's being a tough guy because he calls out the White House. But before he blames the White House, every time he does it, he talks about Republicans and how they have not built up immigration reform. What a lousy job they've done there, which is stupid because, again, When Donald Trump, a Republican, was president for four years, we had none of these issues. None. But Adams can't solely blame the Democrats, so he calls it a federal issue. Instead of doing the right thing, which is call out the border. That's where it all begins, Eric, genius. Donald Trump did it yesterday with Larry Kudlow. Cut number five. We can make America great. We have some problems. Uh... I think you're going to have 15 million people in our country that you didn't have a couple of years ago, not 4 million or 5 million. I think it's a much bigger number. Many of these people are from prisons and they're from uh, mental institutions and they're terrorists. And we have to get them out. We have to get them out. We can't live with them. And so that is something that is a big job. That's a big job. That's a very important job. But we have Tom Holman and we have all these great people that are so good at this. You know, I had the safest border in the history of a country. Now we have the worst border. (laughs) 
the safest to the worst. Okay, traffic with Joe Nolan coming up next and a bevy of great guests. Right now it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Everything you need to know in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and get the max out of mini. Listen anytime on the 77 WABC app. I urge people all the time, I compel you, Please download the 77 WABC app. Don't listen on iHeart. No good. Not us. The best app out there to listen to this show and this station is the 77 WABC app. Some of you guys are in your car. The show doesn't end when you get to the office. I'm on till 10. And you guys are like, well, I missed that. I went into my office. You don't have to miss anything. Anything. 77 WABC app, download that and do it now. Today's minicast is from the Rita Cosby Show. Here, Rita talks about my friend, President Donald Trump. Is basically justice dead in America? Now we have a local district attorney in Fulton County, Georgia. It's not the state of Georgia. It's not the federal government. It is a local district attorney in Fulton County who has somehow decided that the former president of the United States and someone who may be the next president of the United States, along with 18 others, including no, no, many thank of you very his much. attorneys, uh, Joe Nolan is about to be quiet. God. Uh, Joe Nolan is set to join us here momentarily. Joe, I want to play this. Will you stop laughing? What's the matter with you? It's funny when you do that. Well, I, I, it's really funny when you do that. It's, it's not, not that. funny. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Funny. But I just, I can't. It's just, it's too much. You would me. never do it for Dominic Carter. <laughs> never. No, that I wouldn't do it. You're right. Because then they call me a racist. Yeah, uh, Dalvin Cook is now a New York baby. Jet. Four-time Pro Bowl running back, Minnesota Vikings. So to get you all pumped up. On your Friday morning, doing your favorite show in America, this, this, Joe Nolan, goes out to you. Being on the other side of that for the last six years, you know, I couldn't be on the other side no more. So it was just like being, I got the chance to go join them and, you know, help them win, win again. You know, that was, that was a big thing to come, come over here. So, of course, Aaron Rodgers played on Green Bay, Dalvin, Minnesota, two rivals inside that black and blue NFC Central division. Now they're teammates. Joe Nolan, how pumped are you? I, I am tomorrow, the first preseason game tomorrow. I actually have a Jets golf shirt on right now. I'm all ready to go. I'm well, it's not the, it's a, the third preseason game. It's the well, first, first home game. First home game. First right, home game. Right. Yeah, first home game. They played first Cleveland. They played Carolina. Tomorrow is who? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's right. That's right. So Aaron played against Tampa Bay during these weekly scrimmages, but yep. he won't play tomorrow night, obviously. No, I okay. doubt it. I'd be surprised All right. if he came out. We'll see. You know, I don't know. We'll see. What do you got, got a cold? You, you got a cold? You're back on the blow. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little cold yesterday, too. Uh-huh. Okay. Let's check it. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Alec here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best football bullish. Just the Mets in action last night beating the Cardinals 4-2 to for their second straight win in the first of four in St. Louis. Jose Quintana, who's very good on the mound, and we're out to tallying his first win on the season. And in a Mets uniform for that. He actually matter. outpitched Adam Wainwright. He did. And uh, I go back to when Adam Wainwright was a closer for the Cardinals. A long time ago. Well, he was the guy that struck out Cliff Floyd and the worst You're one, right. Carlos Beltran, Track looking three. 
in that St. Louis Cardinals game. Yeah. 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 That's how long he's been pitching. That's a long time ago. A long time. I watched that game at a place called Cafe Bellacera in Parkland, Florida. And Wayne White was coming out of the bullpen. Yeah. I was at that game sitting next to oh, you were? Julie Canfer. Oh, you know, Julie Camper was on my Facebook page yesterday. Yes, oh, we wow. sat there as soon as... Oh, she's th- a great girl. Strike three came. She goes, let's get the hell out of here. Oh, she's my screaming. God. She was so good. Her and her brother, she has... Uh, what was her brother's name? Uh, Adam, I think. Or Scott. Adam Camper. Yeah, yes. uh, who was the Met outfielder who made that spectacular... Andy Chavez. Yeah! Andy Chavez. Wow. I remember that. was one of the greatest catches I've ever seen. Ever. Ever. Yes. I remember ever. that. It was like at the, the bottom. At the I mean, old shed, yeah. I, I would say that was equally as athletic as Willie Mays. Um, yeah. The words catch oh. in the polo. Oh, the Willie Mays catch wasn't even that athletic. It was this, super this, you're right. No, this one was unbelievable. Was unbelievable. Yeah. But not enough. Floyd struck him out. Carlos Beltran looking. Mm-hmm. Cardinals and Albert Pujols on their way to the World Series. What a throwback. Cliff Floyd. Let's go, Mets. How about that? Anyway, you got game two against the Cardinals tonight for the Metsies. Set for an 8.15 p.m. first pitch. Uh, they've yet to name a starter to go against St. Louis's Zach Thompson. As for the Yankees, they were off yesterday. They opened a three-game set in the Bronx tonight against the rival Boston Red Sox. First pitch is scheduled for 7.05 p.m. with the Yankees not yet naming a starter to go against Boston's Brian Bella. Do, your fa- do yourself a favor. Don't watch that game. And uh, preseason football to look forward to this weekend. The Giants and Panthers are at MetLife tonight at 7 p.m. And tomorrow, kicking things off at 7.30, it'll be the Jets and the Buccaneers. Sports sponsored by Pete Morgan of Peerless Spoilers. Go to PeerlessSpoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best-built boilers. And I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. A little walk down memory lane in the Catskills a little while ago got me thinking, too, as we get set for a whole bunch of great guests. Curtis Sliwa, Andrew Giuliani, Peter King, Bruce Blakeman, Joe Beningo, Sebastian Gorka, all stopping by today. So there was a place, I love that song, there was a place, Pines Hotel, that was another really, really big, popular spot in upstate New York. I think it was in Woodburn, or forget, I forget exactly, it doesn't matter, South Ballsburg, I don't know. But it was a Pines Hotel, and they had a club, and the club was the Chalet. <laughs> Let me tell you about the Chalet, okay? Every uh, kid or young adult or teenager went to the Chalet on Saturday nights, but it wasn't just the people upstate. I had a ton of friends 
folks, I mean a ton of friends who would get in their car and drive, I swear to you, from Brooklyn. Back then, it was at least three hours. Traffic, brutal, Saturday. They would sit in their cars, drive to the chalet, dance until 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, do a whole bunch of cocaine and drinking and all that good stuff, and get back in their cars as the sun was coming up and drive right back to Brooklyn, get home at like 8, 9 o'clock the next morning. It was insane. And I remember those mornings very, very well because sometimes my friends would come and we'd go to the Miss Monticello Diner or something somewhere because uh, they had to eat something before they drove home because they were hammered. So you had the chalet on Saturday nights. Then they had something called Mambo Night. Mambo Night with Perry Gibbs, and that was at the Raleigh Hotel. You guys have no idea what I'm talking about because Lou is Goyam, and he doesn't. He never went upstate. There were too many Jews for him. He probably goes to you know Jersey Shore or one of these uh, for dumped the Goyish no places. No Jews, all beer. That's yeah. where I go. It's the place. Is that where you go? Yeah. Well, you named it. Yeah, I named it. Yes. 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 No, no Jews, Jews, more beer. beer. So you never well, went to Mambo Night at the Rolly on a Monday, did you? I, that's, you might as well be talking Taiwanese to me. <laughs> did you ever go to Rourke's in Monticello? No, I know the town. Monticello. Did you ever go to Scallywags no. in Monticello? <laughs> no, I didn't go. I, I, I had to maybe go to MJ's sister lived up near there. She still uh, does, right? No, 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 passed. Oh, she died? Yeah. Oh, no, her aunt? Somebody lives up there. I see you guys oh, in oh, pictures bro- in the living room. Oh, her brother uh, and Sorry his girlfriend. Oh, thank you. Better. Yeah. But uh, her they're, brother. They're close to there, right? To, yeah, Narrowsburg. No, oh, Narrowsburg, sure. Not far. In fact, uh, when I lived in Boca and I would fly back and forth to see my mom and dad, over the summer we would go into Stewart Airport. And Stewart Airport is very close. To, it may even be in Narrowsburg. It's right there. And uh, it's about a 35-minute trip once you get to Stewart Airport, very close to Narrowsburg, to my parents' house in Kanyanga Lake. That was our that was our airport. We were so happy. Didn't have to go to Newark. Or, I mean, Kennedy and LaGuardia, they were two and a half hours away. No, but you Stewart, can't go there. You can't yeah, go it's there. right there. You yeah. There. All right, we got, as I said, about six or seven great guests coming up. It's a Friday morning. Everybody's in a good mood. The music already's been great. We've covered a whole bunch of topics. Walking down memory lane. And we are happy to have you on this Friday morning. So do yourself a favor, folks. Keep it right here. Not just with me, but all day long, including my big buddy John coming up at 5. We are Talk Radio 77 WNBC. Friends in the morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends.
22nd and Quentin Road, 2216 Quentin Road, a couple blocks away from Madison High School. And when I had to go into the city, things have changed since then, but I would walk from Quentin and East 22nd to 16th Street and Kings Highway. And that's where I'd get the train. There was a great pizza place, Ormondo's Pizza, there when I was a kid. And the only train I could take from there to get into the city was the D train. Mm. And if I was lucky, I would get the express... And back then, the express to the D train was the Q train. And those are the two trains that stopped on Kings Highway and East 16th. This, folks, on a Friday morning from your good buddy Curtis Lee, what is D train? So they changed all that. So I had not been back to New York in a long time when I came back in 2016. I hopped on the D train. I'm like, oh, good. And I ended up in, like, Bay Ridge. That's right. Or well, you end up in Borough Park. You're walking Borough around Park. with the black hats. Who, or the other the neighborhood where the uh, the guy Frank James uh, tried to kill people in the subway. What is that called? Oh, uh, Sunset Park. Yes. Yeah. I ended up there. I'm like, what happened to the old D train? Let me tell you something. The reason I chose that song on Disco Friday was Higher Ground. You mentioned a little spritz of rain and the Bell Parkway is underwater. It's never been on higher ground. You could say that about Sawmill River and Westchester to Connick Parkway. They're always underwater. A little bit of rain. Well, what do you mean higher ground? I'm curious. Well, higher ground because they weren't built on higher ground. They're basically at sea level. So the moment there's any kind of rain, as you know, the Bell Parkway, it's not passable. There are probably people on the Bell Parkway right now. That's it. You know, divert, go down Flatbush Avenue, you know, go around. So that explains why the water. Yes. Comes over. That's right. Mixed with the rain, and you get this immediate horrible flooding. What you're saying is correct because it's not built above where the water can come over. Correct. And same thing with Westchester. Little spritz, Sawmill River, Taconic Parkway. That's it. You know, emergency flashes <laughs> out there. People underwater. And you say, how can this be? How can this be? And by the way, that tent at Creedmoor leaking like a sieve. It is already. Two days of heavy rains at night. The first night when they brought in the 200 illegal aliens, single able-bodied men, and last night, and now this Texas company that was subcontracted to do this work at outrageous amounts of money is trying everything in the world, mops, buckets, the whole nine yards. I'm telling you, this tent may not be able to stand up to the inclement weather. Well, they won't care because everything I read yesterday has your friend, the mayor, going to Israel a perfect time to do that. Listen, nobody's more pro-Israel outside of Dove Hiking than Hesh Jorgenbaum than me. What the F is he doing in Israel when his city is falling apart? Wait. He's got no excuse. Wait. Before that, where do you think he's going to be on Saturday, right? So it's going to make a full week away. He's going to be with all the liberals and the all wedding. the progressives. No. That's right. He's going to be at Martha's Vineyard. Yes. But conducting a, a fundraiser. No, it's a wedding and a fundraiser. Right, for yeah. his re-election effort. Is that chutzpah? You heard Dominic Carter, right, his homeboy say, yo, you're looking at being a one-term mayor. Yeah. He's raising money to run again in Martha's Vineyard. He's in trouble 
There's no question about it. Even the staunchest supporter. I'd love to get Tancha Piro on. You'd have to admit he's in trouble. Oh, man, get that guy on because he's his number one secret fan, Tony but, but, but he would have to admit he's not a dumb guy. He's in trouble. I mean, the fact is, like you said, uh, and Dominic Carter said, basically what I say every morning, you and I say together, which is, you know, don't complain now. We don't have any sympathy for you now and for the longest time. You welcomed him in. I, this is exactly what I said to Governor David Patterson. I yelled at Patterson. I felt badly afterwards, but I yelled at Patterson on Tuesday after the Met game Monday night because he's like, I felt badly for the guy. I'm like, why? He said from the very beginning, I'm your sanctuary city. I'm your guy. Come here. I'll take care of you. Now you feel badly for him? Sympathy for the devil, right? Rolling Good Jones, song. right? Sympathy for the devil. I'm telling you, don't feel sorry for my husband-in-law, David Patterson. I was sitting with him in the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion at John uh, Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby, and I'm saying, oh, David, you're a lobbyist for Sands for the Nassau County Coliseum to become a casino. What are you going to do now that your homeboy, Eric Adams, wants to shove illegal aliens in there? The message delivered Ooh. by Donovan Richards and Hazel Dukes. I thought she was dead. So they're basically saying what I said back in February. They want the Nassie, Nassau County Coliseum. You should have seen the look on David Patterson. He was just shaking his head. But this does bring up a guy that you've been critical of in the past. And at least in this case, you can't be the guy that's actually knee-deep in that casino bid there, and that is my friend, Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman, who may join me coming up in about an hour. I hope he does, because I've warned him. I warned him, remember, back in February. Curtis doesn't know what he's talking about, but I'm joining him in solidarity to keep the illegal aliens out of Nassau County. He's he's been the guy yelling. Is Lewis over there? He's been the guy yelling and screaming. I guess Louis walked away, but is he in there, uh, Justin? Is uh, Lewis in there? Is Lewis by the board? No, not right now. We'll All play right. it after, but cut number 11, we'll play it after. He is yelling and screaming. They're not effing coming here. Well, ain't happening. I'm yelling and screaming because you mentioned Jerry Orbach at the beginning of the 6 o'clock hour. See, I listen intently to every second. We got people here at WABC who get a good paycheck. They mail in a radio show. They never listen to any of the shows on WABC. I listen intently. Look how many notes I've I taken of what you've said in the well, first I mean, hour. Well, well, it's two things, if we're going to be honest about this. You do listen intently, and you actually preach this at the sales meeting, right in front of John and Chad and Margo and Emily, which I like. And you're right, uh, people should do that. But the real reason why you listen intently, if you're going to be completely honest, is... You actually enjoy the show. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I enjoy most shows at WABC. If I had to give you a list of all the shows I don't like, I probably wouldn't be working here we, any we longer. We have the same list. Anyway, <laughs> you mentioned Jerry Orbach, a great actor, and slowly I turned step by step. Remember, he was in the movie along with De Niro, the gang that couldn't shoot straight, which was based on the book by Jimmy Breslin about the Colombo crime family. And I, and I tell you all the time that uh, Jimmy's son, Kevin Breslin, he texts me, I would say, on average, five or six times every show. He's the number one RFK Jr. supporter out there today. Him and I have become very close. We work out together at the YMCA in Rockaway Beach, and he actually dropped off, of off. at the YMCA a couple of months ago. An original copy signed by his dad. The book is yellow. It's falling apart about the Gallows, the gang that couldn't shoot straight. The book couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. It made Joey Gallo out to be a clown of the President's Street Boys. This guy was not a clown. Now, he was a psychotic, killer, 
But he was also cultured. He was learned. He used to get the New York Times delivered to prison up in Elmira every day. Sure. A truck had to go up there from the New York Times. One paper it had. Secondly, do you know that after he got out of jail, he got married for the second time. Do you know who his best man was? Best man at Joey Gallo's wedding. I'm no, gonna, none of the President Street Boys were there. None, none of the President Street Boys. So I'm going to go with you. No. David Steinberg, the comedian. And it was really? at Jerry Orbach's house with his wife, Marta, who was doing a book to contradict what Jimmy Breslin had written about the gang that shouldn't, shoot, couldn't shoot straight, especially Joey Gallo. Well, you know, he ended up getting whacked in 72 yes. at uh, Humberto's as Pete the Greek Diopolos was fumbling with his gun, his bodyguard. Yeah. Never get a Greek to protect you, that's for sure. But you mentioned a while back, it was a week or two ago, Albert Kid Blast Gallo. Yeah, he, uh, my next door neighbor, uh, was a guy, his name was Joe Iovine. He was a consigliere for the Colombo family. He died, uh, but he, before he died, him and Olympia lived there. His son, Louis, moved in. Louis, Gloria, and my best friend to this day, Joseph Iovine, his sister, Danielle, who was tragically killed with her husband and their 16-year-old son. I had that story here a couple of years ago. broke my heart. Long story short, Louis Iovine just died last Friday, and he was a huge patriarchal figure in my life. It was my father, Norman Coleman, my uncle, who's Norm Coleman Jr.'s father, and Louis Iovine. But they were later the Iovines to them, and so we had a little party for my bar mitzvah in my backyard on Quentin Road, and I've been told that Albert uh, Albert Kid Blast Gallo was actually there. Of course, because uh, Jews and Italians uh, always got together because we all hated the Irish who were the cops. They all, all hated the well. Irish. Remember, the Jews were the numbers runners. And at that time, it flipped the script from Murder Incorporated, which was run by by your tough Jews, Lepke and Gura, to Anastasia, who the Gallows whacked in the Sheraton, in the barbershop. That's Remember? correct. The That's famous correct. picture of the cigar in his mouth. That's bang, correct. bang, 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 bang. How do you claim that Joey Gallo is a clown? And by the way, Albert... I believe he's still alive. I, Albert is still alive. Kevin I think he's ninety three. Yeah, he checks in. Ke- Jimmy Breslin's good, good, son. Kevin, your father was wrong on this one. I loved your father, but he couldn't have been more hopelessly wrong. Well, he's not disagreeing. The the two texts received one minute ago from Jimmy's son Kevin Reed. First one, I'm loving Curtis. Second one, my dad, Jimmy Breslin, is calling from one eight hundred heaven. Yeah, Irish Evan. Uh, Irish Evan, right? With a little Jameson uh, right in his cup. But anyway, the point is, they made the movie with De Niro and Jerry Orbach, the gang that couldn't shoot straight. The movie sucked. Who did Jerry Orbach play? I'm curious. I forget which okay. one. It was a lousy movie. It was Could have been a great movie. Yeah, really? yeah. That, that's why Marta wanted to undo all of that. And then all of a sudden, bang, bang, bang. And you know who was diving under the table? Jerry Orbach and Marta. They were there. Yes, they were there. They oh were celebrating his birthday. Jerry Orbach could have been killed? Yes, they had They had just been, I forget which uh, nightclub, uh, to watch ho- Hockey Puck Entertainment. Remember the comedian who would call everybody a hockey yes, puck? Yes, that was, uh, come on, you're a hockey puck. Uh, that, that even uh, well, Sinatra, well, well, Sinatra loved. They, well, the Rickles. Well, uh, Don, the Rickles, uh, right, Don but, Rickles, yeah. yeah. And they say, hey, Don, you want to come with us? They say, no, no, it's quite all right. I'm not celebrating Joey, Joey Gallo's oh, birthday. Oh, that's funny. That's so, a great story. you got to find Albert Gallo. We'll get him.
We'll because get, you uh, had Donnie Brasco on the other day who was listening. Well, he called in unprovoked. He's a huge fan of the show. How do you know Albert Gallo isn't listening? I'll get out. You know, I'm going to place a call, actually, today, to your point. Great job to Joe Pistone, a.k.a. Donnie Brasco, trying to find oh, Kid West Gallo. I saw him one time only. Joey Gallo, Albert Gallo. It was right on New Lots Avenue, Cleveland Street, 1966, the riots between the Italians and the blacks. And do you know who invited in the Gallos to keep the peace? Because uh, John Lindsay couldn't. The mayor invited in Joey and Albert Gallo, because Joey and Albert Gallo, along with blacks, one of the few members of organized crime. Because remember, Joey Gallo used a black guy to kill Joe Colombo, turn him into a vegetable at the Italian-American Civil Rights Day gathering at Columbus Circle. They got, and they kept the peace. Oh, John Lindsay couldn't do that, but he took all right, the credit, you know, walking through right. the street. So I remember them, but slowly well, I wait, What's going on with you, though? What, what, what is happening? You were, you were nearly killed by the mob. Yes. You were shot six times uh, in your stomach. Yeah, five you, times. Five, five times. times. And you have spent uh, many, many years uh, saying horrible things about some of my even acting friends, people like Steve Sharippo. Yes, yes. Oh, now Steve, Steve. Steve. Well, what are you hit? Eighteen <laughs> shots a row at Brooklyn College, he said. Oh, he's from a good the ball free player. Throw Come on. He's a good ball player. I don't buy that. Even Alan Houston said it's true. I, that may be true. I don't buy the that. The point one. is, yes. it seems like you're starting to soften. No, not soften. Not uh, soften. No, no, no. I'm still turgid. I'm not flaccid. Please don't accuse me of that. No, I've had my Viagra this morning. Anyway, let's get down to the commission business. Uh, Kevin President did say that that was Robert De Niro's first ever movie. Sucked. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's go to uh, our commission. I couldn't believe what I was hearing yesterday from Bo Diem. He was making the case that we get rid of city council. He wanted me to be on this blue ribbon committee. I'm all for it. Okay. No That's problem. right. I'll listen. Do you I don't, like that idea? I don't think it could be done, but, but I'll listen. Well, because right now you're too busy sucking up to Ari Kagan. No, no. It's quite all right. <laughs> then all of a sudden he says he wants to approach Al Slim Shady Shocker. He did say that, yes. I went nuts. <laughs> you saw me screaming. Al Slim Shady Shot who sat in that placebo radio showroom that nobody listened to, and Don Imus groveled at his feet. Never! Secondly, Tawana Brawley, and most recently, the hero Daniel Penny. Do you, Bo, have you lost your mind? Al Sharpton wanted him arrested for murder, and the two guys who helped him, one of them a black guy, he wanted them arrested on murder, too. No, no Bo. If you go to Al Slim Shady Sharpton, this is not like Bumpy Johnson, you know, from uh, from Godfather in Harlem, you know, with Whitaker playing the Godfather of Harlem. And what role again does Bo Dito play? He's a magnificent uh, role there. Who was who, who that? Tommy, uh, Tommy. Uh, Tommy Lucchese. Right, Tommy Lucchese. Yeah. Who, remember, had his finger yes. chopped off by the chin. I remember. Hey, Bo, I don't want to have to uh, order your finger chopped off. <laughs> no, I will have nothing to do with that. If you have Al well, Slim let me, Shady Well, let me just Shop. say this. Uh, Bo Deedle, of course, is aware of all those things you just mentioned. Yes. He knows in his heart of hearts that Al Sharpton is nothing more than a race-baiting, racist scumbag, a guy that'll take your very last dollar in donations and let your black child die right in front of you. Anybody who thinks Al Sharpton really cares is somewhere between naive and stupid and closest to the latter. But, but, he does have friends. Friends with money. Doesn't matter. You know who's his friend, believe it or not? Sean Hannity. And I say it all no, the time. No, no, no. Oh, wait, yes. No. Oh, yes. Oh, hold on a sec. I was there at the show. I'm telling no, no, you, no. Hannity hold and Trump to the friends. Since I was Don't on, I was on, hold right on, I was on Hannity last night, I so I can speak to that. Hold good, on a sec. Yes. I walked into the Sheraton to one of those fake national action hate network conventions, right? 
And it was Al Slim Shady Sharpton debating Sean Hannity. And Sean said, Curtis, I want you to walk in at the start. It's going to throw Al Slim Shady Sharpton off. I walked to the front. I sat next to Al Slim Shady Sharpton's half-brother from uh, Tuscaloosa, Tuscaloosa, not Louisiana. Alabama, from Alabama, Alabama, right. Yes. And he loved me. He said, Curtis, I love you. So he's hugging me. Al Slim Shady Sharpton is looking at this. For the first half hour, his game was off. Sean Hannity, the rock-ripped All-American conservative voice, the preacher from Franklin Square, Long Island, killed him in the debate. But let me explain something to you. There was a time, and it was a very, very high-publicized event, when the great Jim Hacksaw Dugan was going to take on the Iron Sheik. Oh, yes, the Iron Sheik. Madison Square Garden, the championship of the world. The greatest heel in the world. And they hated each other, right? Until, until, I guess they didn't hate each other, because an hour before the fight, they were arrested sitting in a truck together, drinking, doing cocaine, and having a ton of laughs. Where was the two-by-four that... <laughs> I don't know what that was. Saw, but, always but, carried but, around. But the point is, while Handy may have kicked... Mr. Sharpton's ass in a debate. What's this that doesn't Mr. Mean when they're Sharpton? Off the air, they're not hanging out together. What's this crap you're calling him, Mr. Sharpton? Are you kissing his big black tuchus and kissing his pinky ring? I'm going to say this to you. Yes. I don't like the word hate. I don't use it a lot. Uh, although lately I use it more because I really do hate Joe Biden yes, yes. and a bunch of people. I hate Al Sharpton. Thank you. Yeah. The National ha- Action Hate Network. That's yeah. what we got. But meantime, you said, I can't wait for Curtis Lee to get arrested again in civil well, disobedience. Guess you know, you know, let me say, uh, very selfishly, when you get arrested, yes. my streaming numbers go through the roof. By the way, I understand that you uh, end up having premature ejaculation, right? <laughs> Just looking at it over and over and over. You don't need Cialis, <laughs> the beach, uh, Viagra. Well, I'll tell you what. That's how much I love you. I have not watched yes. the local network news, mm. I swear to you, mm. in got to be 20 years. And two nights ago, Danielle said, I think Curtis got arrested. The first time in years I put on Bill Ritter, who I can't stand, and Channel 7, because I was worried about my friend Curtis Let's Lee. face it, it was an orgasmastic <laughs> frenzy that you had there. Danielle said, aren't you going to save it for me? <laughs> right. <laughs> Are you going to save it for me? Oh, now, let me tell you what's oh, happening. Excuse me. I, I stand corrected, Frank yes. Morano. That was not a championship match between oh, Hacksaw oh, and Iron Sheik. Thank you, Frank. Hey, Frank, you're coming out this Sunday, 2 o'clock, to what we call Occupy Midland Beach. Oh, you're going to get arrested here. Yes. Remember, last <laughs> Saturday, we had the big demonstration, right, called for by Borough President Vito Fisella. I was there. Scott Lebedo and uh, 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 Tobacco, John Tobacco. Video post- Vito Fisella. Right. Right. And where was Frank Morano? Oh, I gotta go to a baby shower. Oh, he's got to do. He's got what a life. kind of a man goes to a baby shower? What are you, a transgender out there? Did you lose your three-piece set? Why don't you look down your trousers and you don't notice that it's become cocktail onions, Frank? This Sunday, two o'clock. At 1111 Father Capitano Boulevard, outside of that senior citizen home, in which they threw out the senior citizens, include, including the last one, a 95-year-old widow whose husband was, was a veteran, threw her out into the streets. To Is bring that in true? The, yes. Vito oh Fisella told the story. You heard that story I many times. Hear it, yes. And you know the city denied that. Well, guess what? We are going to occupy Midland Beach. Remember, the radicals did it, occupy uh, Wall Street back in 2011 until our friend Joe Esposito told Bloomberg, are you out of your mind? You're letting these 
dumb. The scum of the earth stay in Zuccotti Park for two months. And Joe Esposito came in there winging and swinging. Took it all down. Office of Emergency Management. Oh, that was his finest moment. And then Occupy City Hall when they wanted to defund the police in June of 2020. And they did exactly that. Took a billion dollars out of the budget that they never put back. Well, guess what? We're using the same tactics. The three horsemen, Scott Lebedo, John DeBacco, Curtis Lee would join us 2 o'clock. 1111 Father Capitana Boulevard, rain, snow, sleet, and shine. We are occupying Midland Beach, and we ain't leaving until they bring the senior citizens back. Screw you, Eric Adams, who's going to be in Martha's Vineyard, and then Israel, you've abandoned ship. I'm the mayor in exile. I'm the real mayor because you don't want to take responsibility for the mess you've created. Is sit in friends in the morning. Seventy-seven WABC. For me, pride should be reserved for something you achieve or attain on your own, not something that happens by accident of birth. Being Irish isn't a skill; <laughs> it's a genetic accident. <laughs> you wouldn't say I'm proud to be five eleven. I'm proud to have a predisposition for colon cancer. <laughs> so why the f*** would you be proud to be Irish or proud to be Italian or American or anything? Hey, if you're happy with it, that's fine. Do that. Put that on your car. Happy to be an American. Be happy. Don't be proud. Too much pride as it is. Pride goeth before a fall. Never forget Proverbs, okay? She's like the wind. Through my tree She rides the night Next to me She leads me through moonlight Only to burn me with the sun She's taking my heart She doesn't know what she's done Feel the breath in my face Somebody close to me Can't look in her eyes She's out of my league Just a fool to believe I have anything she needs She's like the wind Happy birthday to the late great Patrick Swayze Right way Joe checks in Epping best show Smack these lollipop liberal F's Thank you, Joe. Patrick Swayze, She's Like the Wind. Did they use this in Dirty Dancing? Yes. I, they did, right? Of course. It's, you can't, you don't remember. I don't remember that scene. Okay, he, he is just, um, they just found out that he wasn't the thief. He wasn't the thief. No, he wasn't right. the thief. I remember and, that. Yeah. Um, actually, I think, uh, what, uh, what's her, Jennifer, Jennifer Gray, Gray knows yeah. Thinks that the the old couple 
that's been going from city to city. Yeah. Actually, they they're are the, the thieves. pickpockets. They're the right, thieves. Right, right. I'm not sure. And he still got, they still fired. And Patrick this was Swayze. the song. Okay, got it. Yes. We're going to play uh, Eric Corman today, when too. He right? was, uh, when he was outside at his car, and they're saying goodbye to each yes. other. Yes, very he dri- good. And he drives away. Look at you. I mean, I'm re- yeah. It's a great movie. Yes. Roadhouse is a great movie, Oh, too. I love that one, too. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, the, the lovely Kelly Lynch. Yes. And uh, who played the bad guy? Ben Gazzara? Ben Gazzara. Sam Elliott was in that, too, I believe. Sam Elliott? Yeah. Shoot, I bet that hurt, don't it? <laughs> yeah. Just was... kicking guys in the <laughs> knee and dropping yeah. them. Yeah. That was a great movie. <laughs> uh, not here. Rally number two, if you just missed Curtis Sliwa, I compel you to go back and listen. WABCradio.com. Every day, it's as good as it gets. Rosenberg and Sliwa, WABCradio.com. Rally number two coming up on Sunday. Say no to the Midland Beach Migrant Shelter. Comes your way at 2 o'clock, 11, 11, easy to remember. Father Capadano Boulevard, Staten Island. Uh, the uh, flyer reads, our pressure and momentum is building. We cannot slow down. We need to keep mobilizing in numbers Join us in the fight, which includes the aforementioned Curtis Sliwa. Scott Lebedo, I like him a lot, talented guy, artist. John Tobacco from Wise Guys. John Matland, I don't know him, and more. It is the unveiling of the giant Mayor Adams banner. I don't know what that means, but something tells me it's not going to be good for the mayor. You know, talking about banners, there's a guy out there, and... um well, I wish I knew his name. I, I hate when I'm not prepared because I'm usually prepared for everything. But i got to get uh, this guy with my Instagram. The company is called Custom Rustic American. And he makes these beautiful, and I mean beautiful, custom-made American flags. And my mother's house up there in, uh, which we talked about all morning long, in Kanyanga Lake at this point is basically a shrine to President Donald Trump, which angers all of my liberal Jewish friends who I've known for 40 years who are the dumbest bastards God ever created. Just the dumbest bastards. And they walk by my mom's house, and they just want to kill her. And she loves it. So this uh, this gentleman here, he made flags for my mom and me, and he's going to come by later on this morning and tell you how you can, uh, like I did, purchase one of these beautiful American flags. Now, you can't, well, Lou, you can do it on your, um, you have a balcony, don't you, like a terrace? Yeah, we hang things a lot. We hang bunting. We had uh, a flag bunting for uh, what uh, the 4th of July. Yeah, I have and, to, uh, apo- I'll have to apologize. I don't know what that means. Well, bunting is a baseball term. Well, yes, but it's it's like when you hang, it's like ruffled, but you pull oh, it Oh, I got it. Yeah, oh, oh, you have that, that flag, the, the, the one that ruffled, the red, white, blue. Yeah, I got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. In other words, it comes, it, it folds out. And I got you it. You could hang it from, the, it is called a, a bunting, I believe. It is called a bunting. That's what they do it at, at the stadium, those things are, yeah. are buntings. Pathways. Talking about bunting and sports <laughs> before Andrew Giuliani stops by and his father, Rudy, was on the show a couple of days ago and was great. Rudy was on last night with Katzen was great. Did you hear what Rob Gronkowski, the amazing soon-to-be Hall of Fame tight end all those years, winning Super Bowls with Tom Brady in New England, then he followed Tom Brady to Tampa Bay, won more Super Bowls. Uh, some consider him one of the five greatest tight ends in the history of the game. I'm not sure that's true, but just a phenomenal player. Did you hear what Rob Gronkowski said yesterday? I did not. Well, for the millionth time, he's kind of like Brett Favre and Mike Francesa. Those guys retire <laughs> every year. They come back, you know. doesn't matter how old they are. So for the millionth time, Rob Gronkowski, 
who my kids love. When they were little, little kids, Avon Gabriel, they used to watch him on um, on that kid channel, Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. And they had this stupid game show, and they would slime people, <laughs> and Gronkowski was was all too willing to, uh, to participate. So he saw on FanDuel TV yesterday, and he talked about the possibility of coming out of retirement, and the only person that can get him to do it, it's not Bill Belichick, it's not Tom Brady, it's not even Jesus. For Rob Gronkowski to come back and play football, get ready for this, cut number 14, he wants to hear from and or play for this guy. Brian Dabo wants me on his don't, roster. Don't do it. Don't Gronk, we can't. Gronk, we can't. <laughs> he won't have that Gronk, face if I was Gronk, on the team with him. Gronk, we can't keep doing this. I know. Who's the coach that has the best chance to get you out of retirement? Um, Brian Dabo. Really? Yeah. Really? Not Sean McDermott? Interesting. Oh, my hometown team. Mm, your favorite team. <laughs> but Brian Dabo. Brian Dabo yeah. could get you out. What would he say if you called I mean, him? What would he, he have to say he to you? He can't get me out of retirement, but he would have the best chance to get me out of retirement. I mean, it could be you and Waller. Can you imagine that? That would be pretty wild. That would be pretty wild. I mean, remember the early days in New England when you had him and uh, Hernandez, who was a tremendously talented football player that decided to murder one of his best friends and hung himself in prison. But the one-two punch for Brady at tight end of Gronkowski and Hernandez was as good as it ever was. And you would have that with Darren Waller and Gronk with the Giants. He says ain't going to happen. But if there's one guy that can convince Gronk to play football, it is Brian Dable. I had no idea this was his hometown. Did you? No. He's a real likable. He's a likable. Oh, he's guy, a great though. guy. Really, he's, he's a, a great guy. guy. <laughs> the Giants would be great. I mean, to have him. Also, I mean, imagine throwing to him. He, he is. He is a rock solid. Rock solid. Target. Yeah, target. I've never seen him have a bad like a never. string of bad is never. He's like uncoverable. No, sometimes. no, he came out of like nowhere too. He just burst onto the scene way back. Oh, Gronkowski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Hernandez left Florida with a lot more fanfare. Right. Yeah, for sure. But um, who knows? If I'm Brian Dayball, well, maybe if Waller gets hurt, you make that phone call. I don't know. Why not just make it? Regardless, just make it. Yeah, yeah. Giants uh, play their second preseason game tonight against Carolina, the same team the Jets. Whitewashed last week. Giants lost to Detroit last week. And the Jets, they've already played Cleveland. And uh, last week they shut out Carolina. They're back at it tomorrow, taking on Tampa Bay. And once again, no Aaron Rodgers. Talk Radio 77 WABC. They've been doing this for years. They've been getting away with it for years. And a good many people in Washington know it. They know Joe's a crook. And, uh, and you can also find out there are a few more people involved in Ukraine, not just Joe. My friend Rudy Giuliani, 3 o'clock every day, on with Katz and Cosby yesterday. So, Rudy, what day was Rudy on this week, Justin? Last week, we couldn't find him. He was on uh, eight, uh, 8.40 this week. But what Not day? what time, you moron. What day? Oh, I don't know. Wednesday? Tuesday? Not even close. Do you want me to I'm double gonna... check? No, I don't care. I could just pull up the spreadsheet. Well, I just figured you would know off the top of your head. How would I know that off the top of my head? We have a million guests all week. <laughs> We do? Yes. I just think, I just thought you would know. Well, you enough. have at least five guests a day. That's, that's 25 guests a week. Five, I'm five, be quiet. The top of my head, you. I need to remember. I mean, uh, he was on Monday or Tuesday. Right. Okay. You, you don't know either. Yeah. 
He was great, though. He, he was, was great, great, and he was very honest. Mm -hmm. In fact, he was so honest. I said to Justin and, and Lewis in the uh, in their office there, uh, the, the room there. But yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you somewhere. Sure. You told us here. Monday, he was on. I said Monday, yeah. Oh, okay. I was so nervous that he actually, you know, said something that's going to get himself into trouble. I don't know. But he was on right after the weekend. Yes. The latest indictment. And uh, his first, congratulations, popping his cherry, Rudy Giuliani, who used to indict people and put people in prison. Now he's on the other side. Yeah. And uh, we asked him a lot of tough questions, and he was very, very honest. He always is with me. And that makes me nervous, you know. But his son is uh, is great, Andrew. And he has been on this show a million times, dating back to that great run last year about this time when he ran uh, for governor up against Zelda, Nastorino, and Wilson in that primary. And now has a great show here every Sunday at 2 o'clock. And I believe, finally, I believe, I'm not even sure, is home from Lithuania where he goes uh, for spring break. Here he is, the great Andrew Giuliani. You home yet? I am home. Uh, I gained about 10 pounds, and uh, the next thing I know, my father's indicted. So I don't know. Maybe I should have <laughs> yeah. uh, stayed overseas, you know? You were doing so good. I remember uh, when you were coming in here with me a couple times, you were uh, slimming down. You were wearing those uh, really gay-looking V-neck sweaters. And I'm like, yes. wow. Yes. And what happened? Now you're getting fat again? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I look too gay, I guess. And that's what it must have been. So uh, that was the problem. So actually, uh, I'm actually going to be running in the Tunnel of the Towers 5K. So I'm going to have to start training over here. You know, I, I don't know. I have to get some tips from your uh, from your wife at how to train. It's going to feel like a marathon for me with how heavy I am. No, it is. It's like hard. A, I'm the same way. I mean, yeah, I know like, it's, it's very nice of you to mention Danielle, who was actually going to run her sixth New York City marathon in November, her 40th marathon overall. She's actually running it. But Tom Biggers and the New York City Police Department marathon team, she's running it for the cops here in New York. Wow. And, and you guys are, are close, you and Danielle, and she'd be willing to help you. But uh, what, what is that, uh, what is that Tunnel to Towers race, Walk? It's the, the last Sunday in September, and they'll be running, uh, obviously, known Frank for a very, very long time. He's obviously done such great things here at WABC. So it's, uh, it's an honor to represent the WABC team for the first time. Uh, in the Tunnel of the Towers run. So that'll be very exciting. That's awesome. I actually lived, and, and you lived for a while there, I live right by the race route. So it's, uh, you know, it'll be exciting. I actually lived, as you just mentioned, and of course I'm back in Queens, thank God. I do love that area where you live. I love it. If I had to live in the city, that's right. And that's why I picked, and that's why I lived there for four and a half months. Right outside of my building, Liberty Place, right outside the mall there, Brookfield, is the start and finish to all these races, right outside my building. Yeah, last year we watched, actually, the race going by from right where our window was, and I felt like such a lazy bum for being so close and not actually participating. I ended up going out afterwards for the concert and for the ceremony after, but I... I felt so lazy. I said, I, I need to actually participate this year. So it'll be, it'll be great. And obviously, as we know, there are no better causes than some of the towers. I, yeah. mean, I know you just had a clip of Dad talking about the Biden family and how they've been able to profit off of, uh, off of the vice presidency and probably now the presidency, as we'll sure find out soon enough. Um, some of the towers is the exact opposite in terms of so much money going actually into, uh, into the causes that they represent. So it'll be, uh, it'll be fun. It'll be exciting, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. You know, you mentioned your father, and, and you know, of course, how close me and your dad are and and, um, and have been that way for a long time, even before I really even got to know and uh, love you. But 
Uh, I don't know if you saw this. Today's New York Times. This was just sent to me by uh, Breslin's kid again, Kevin Breslin. They wrote a story today, and the column reads, Rudy Giuliani was really never America's mayor. I mean, the incoming that your father is taking, and I hate to compare it to something as deadly as the beach in Normandy, but it's starting to feel that way. I mean, why would anybody, anybody, uh, any rag, any paper ever call into question what your father did, talking about the Tunnel to Towers run and Frank Siller, what he did almost 22 Mm -hmm. years ago? You could hate Rudy now, the Donald Trump stuff, all that nonsense, but anybody who has anything negative to say about him as a mayor is a low life. Yeah, and I, I would look at it this way. If the New York Times is going after him that way, then it's probably a badge of honor because what has the New York Times done over the last 50, 60, 70 years that we can hang our hat on and say, I am proud of that journalism? They're really not. They're a, uh, they're a rag for leftists, sadly, in our country, and you're seeing that. And there's a great example of that. I actually did not even see that yet, so I'm uh, – Looking forward to reading that article and then wiping my ass with it because it sounds like that's where it belongs <laughs> right. more than anything else. Um, but you're, you're absolutely right. That's, that's what the leftist media is. And, Sid, we've talked about this time and time again. They're not liberal anymore. It's, it's not freedom of thought or freedom of choice, freedom of speech. It is complete uh, craziness. And it's complete, uh, they're completely in the tank for leftist politicians. The fact that the New York Times completely ignores that Joe Biden – has profited off of the vice presidency and likely the presidency. It just shows you how biased they are. It's crazy. Look, if you want to criticize my father for his representation for President Trump, you're more than welcome to do that. Go ahead and criticize that. You can go take a look at that and say, hey, look, this is where we would have done this. But the truth is, he was representing a president of the United States, making claims that I think it was very important for the public to find out whether they were true or not. And I still think we don't have the full answers to all that. The fact that they would go to this lengths to actually go and try to destroy him, it really is, it's not even an affront on Rudy Giuliani. It's a warning more more than anything else that anybody who's willing to stand up for conservative values or anything associated with Trump or MAGA in particular, that they're going to come after you with the full weight of the American government. I got news for you. It's not even all that. You're right about that, and, and that was uh, said very well. It's just if you disagree with Democrats. Forget about MAGA. Forget about Trump. Just disagree with Democrats, and they'll look to yeah. kill you, even beyond Trump. But I'm going to put you right now, Andrew, and you can take this. You're a tough kid. You can take this. Yeah. I'm going to put you right now in a very difficult spot. Yeah. So I apologize before, okay, but I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to put you in between <laughs> two guys and I mean this, that you really love, one being the man you served working for him in the White House, President Trump, and the other being your favorite man on the earth, and that's your father, Rudy. So it came out a couple days ago that your father, who's being clobbered with these legal bills, even put Mm -hmm. his apartment up for sale for $6 million, and he admitted to me on this show, Andrew, admitted to me that, yes, he's in financial He's having a financial issue. Let's say that. It was reported that he went to Trump and he said, hey, Donald, least you can do, Mr. Billionaire, is pay my fees. I'm drowning. I did all this for you. And as far as I know, Donald Trump hasn't done anything to help. Is that true? And if it is, are you not disappointed that Trump, our guy, didn't help your father? Well, look. It's all very complicated, Sid. So what I would say is this. 
Um, President Trump has helped. I think that it's not to the degree, obviously, that would be great. It'd be great if he just underwrote it all and said, hey, look, you don't have to worry about this. We're going to take care of you. You're completely indemnified. Um, but instead, what he's done is he has underwritten some of the legal bills. We are working on a couple of bi- different big events where we can try to raise seven figures to do this that President Trump said that he would actually headline and he would be a part of. That's one of the things that I saw him about two weeks ago. So we're seeing progress on that front. Look, as you know, Sid, in life, especially with relationships, it's very easy when things are black and white. And that's very, very rare in life. A lot of times it's different shades of gray. I love my father so very much, and he's somebody who is uh, like he is to so many Americans, an icon to me, but in a different way, in a personal way. And I'm so proud of what he's done over the last couple of years. As he's taken this incoming, uh, it's amazing to see just how he stood up for what he believes is right. And I hope that's something that he could teach you grace. And look, I love the job that President Trump did as a president. Do I agree with everything that he did as a president? Do I agree with every single step that he takes? No, absolutely not. But it doesn't mean that we're not looking for progress in all this. So what I would say about it is, is it's not perfect, but we're making progress. All right. So you're not mad at Trump and uh, your father, not necessarily mad at Trump. And you really believe, because somebody said to me a couple of days ago, boy, it would really be nice if uh, somebody put together an event, which you just talked about ironically, and you've been saying it for two weeks now, uh, where Trump helped raise money or go for me. So you're saying those types of talks are in discussion. That's a real possibility, if not a probability. He's committed to them, as a matter of fact. And we do, uh, we're working on a date for the first one in Bedminster. There'll be one in Mar-a-Lago in the, uh, in the winter. The Bedminster one probably will be smaller with a ultra-high donor kind of event. So we're looking at probably 15 to 20 people, where the Mar-a-Lago event will probably be a much bigger event uh, where we can invite more people. You know, the truth is, Sid, I probably would have been helping out a little bit more with regards to trying to help the fundraising for uh, my father's legal bills on all this, but I was running as a candidate. So I stayed right. pretty hands-off of right. all that because right. I didn't want to get involved and certainly think that there was any potential pay-for-play in all this or uh, people trying to exceed campaign finance limits by giving to him while doing this. So now that uh, now that that's over a year in arrears in, in the rearview mirror, uh, I'm taking more of a, of a front-facing role on this and really trying to make sure uh, that we can get this thing settled. Because uh, if you look at some of the people on the left that are going after my father, it seems to me that they are just really, you look at uh, the law firm of the two election workers yep. in Atlanta, Georgia. Yep. They're probably being actually really supported by big leftist donors here. So it seems like they have a whole lot of funds to rely on, whereas, uh, you know, Dad is, uh, Dad, as he said, he is struggling right now, but we look to turn that around here in the next couple of months. Such a uh, great, honest answer. My God, Andrew, this is, I believe, your shining moment in the history on this station. Your Trump interview was great a couple of weeks ago, but I think right now this was your shining moment. About uh, 60 seconds to go, Eric Adams is on his way to Martha's Vineyard and Israel, maybe, in that, maybe not in that order, maybe Israel first. I don't know, but the point is it's all falling apart here. You've got migrant rallies led by the great Curtis Sliwa on Staten Island at Creedmoor. It's a complete mess, and I have no idea what he's doing in Israel. I don't care. I'm about as pro-Israel as Dove Hockens and Heshi Hockenbaum. But right now, right now, he needs to be here. Are you not shocked that the mayor is leaving at this really critical time? 
I'm not shocked because in August, the clubs really aren't happening in New York City. They start happening again in September. So I figured once club season gets going and you start getting people back into New York City here, he'll be back in the city. This is his time to take a summer break over here. It's the mayor. Of course, I'm being facetious in all this. <laughs> Look, I am shocked. He should be rolling up his sleeves. He should be taking care of a problem that he welcomed. Remember, that's one of the things a lot of people forget. He welcomed this problem over a year ago. He called the governor of Texas a racist for, for this issue. And now we're seeing major problems here in New York City. I mean, it's untenable. And it seems like he and Governor Hochul together, they can't even get a coalition together to get the Biden administration to lift one finger and help them and help this city more importantly. So it's extremely frustrating. And, uh, you know, I think I, I speak for so many New Yorkers in saying that I don't know when this is going to end. I don't know what is going to trigger this. It's not like Biden is looking at New York as a swing state and saying, I need to make sure New Yorkers are happy. He looks at New Yorkers that it's in the bank in, in a year and a half. Yeah, and by the way, on the contrary, Arthur Idala told me on this show, which made the New York Post, that he has heard from a big-time official here in the uh, city administration that Joe Biden has made it very, very clear no money until after the next election, which makes sense because yeah. Adams has asked for money now 38 times, 38. Yeah, yeah. think about that. That's amazing. And that money that he's looking for, that New York City needs, that's going to go to Wisconsin, Michigan, Arizona, right. Florida, Georgia, all these swing states. That's where it's going to go. Pennsylvania, it's not going to New York, sadly. So, you know, this is just uh, another example, I think, of sadly the mayor giving a good press conference but really doing nothing to actually follow up uh, and actually get the job done here in New York City. Can't argue any of that. I'd like to. Believe me, I would, but I can't. Uh, this was a great appearance. Uh, welcome home. Uh, I'm sure you'll be watching the Giants later on tonight, our second preseason game. Big show coming up for you Sunday at 2 o'clock. And we'll do it again next week, Andrew. Terrific job. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Sid, as always. Great work. Let's go, Giants. Andrew Giuliani from way downtown. Drew, 2 o'clock on Sundays. That wraps up two hours. Oh, look at Alec doing the white man overbite. Man, you got rhythm. You really do. Thanks, you man. must be a, a, a just a hell of a dancer, huh? Look at you. Off the grind. <laughs> yeah. We got a big uh, 8 o'clock hour coming up. I just found out Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman will join me coming up in about eight minutes. We'll also talk to Peter King. You want to be here for this. Last time Peter and I spoke, I hung up on him. Could it happen again today? You bet your ass it can. 8 o'clock hour coming up next. Sit in friends in the morning. Seventy-seven WABC. This is a Casey Kasem Friday, so we're taking requests. 
Curtis Sliwa got the D train earlier. This is our friend Sophia Perez. This is her request. And uh, again, like Casey Kasem, I make all your requests come true. So it's a great song, by the way, so good job. 8.13 on your Friday morning. Bruce Blakeman is the Nassau County Executive. I was there with Bruce every step of the way when he beat my friend. He beat my friend, Laura Kern, and she was great at her job. She really was. But I love Bruce. Bruce has a set of balls. That's the bottom line. I'm not sure he's ever been introduced like that before on a radio show, but that's why he likes it here. He's just good at his job. So here he is, the Nassau County Executive, my friend Bruce Blakeman. Bruce, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning, Sid. Of all the introductions I've received, that was the most unique. <laughs> and the best and the most accurate. I think you would even describe yourself that way. I mean, the one thing I'll say about you, Bruce, you, you never seem intimidated. You don't back down right, wrong. You are very, very staunch in your opinion, and I like that. I like it. Well, you know, it's easy to do when you have the support of the people. Uh, I take stands to support what the majority of the people in my county want. And uh, that's what I was elected to do, to represent them. And they know my philosophy, and that's why they elected me. And, uh, you know, I'm, it should be no surprise that I'm taking the stance that I do, because especially in this uh, sanctuary city um, migrant issue, I mean, it's just bizarre what the federal government's doing. It makes no sense. It's a real burden on taxpayers. It makes us less safe. And I think the whole thing is illogical, and I'm going to stand up and say, look, we don't want that in Nassau County. New York City, you. San Francisco, Chicago, if you want that, fine. That's your choice. But Nassau County, that is not our choice. Good for you. And I have to give my friend Curtis Sliwa, and you guys have a little back and forth every now and then credit, because he did say, Bruce, to his credit, he did say months and months ago they want the Nassau Coliseum. Folks called him a liar, shut him down. And he's right. So this is a warning to all you political leaders out there. Be careful. If he says it's coming to a theater near you, it may very well be. And I agree with you. I don't want him either. You know what, Bruce? I live in a very nice neighborhood in Queens. I don't want him. If that makes me a bad guy, unsympathetic, I don't care, okay? I know this country was built, blah, blah, blah. We're at a breaking point. We've got no money. We don't have enough opportunity. And some of these people are not here to do good. So when you say we don't want him in Nassau Coliseum, I applaud you. Well, thank you. And, and we're going to be very firm on that. You know, it's like, Sid, if, if your neighbor says that he wants to have people come live with him and he wants to give them food and shelter and he wants to give them an allowance, uh, that's his choice. He shouldn't come next door to you and say, look, I'm tired of these people or I got too many of them. You take them in. Absolutely not. You know, they've made the choice, and I think it's the wrong choice. And uh, they should stand up to the federal government and say enough is enough. We're not taking any more migrants. We're at full capacity. Uh, but I don't know why they took them in the first place, because it's a real burden on all the schools. It's a burden on the taxpayers, and it's unsafe. These people have not been vetted. It's it's absolutely bizarre what the federal government is foisting on the American people. And what you just said is so right. I had to yell at Governor David Patterson, who's a sweet man. I love him. When he said to me a couple of days ago, 
Well, how would Adams know who was going to get to this point? I said, are you kidding me, Patterson? How did I know? I'm a dopey radio host. I knew two years ago we get to this point. You know why? Because we've got a wide open border. And I complained this morning. I'll say it again. I have not heard the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, talk about the wide open border, ever criticize Mayorkas, not once, not once. And correct me if I'm wrong, isn't he the guy that's also partly behind putting some of these migrants in Nassau? Listen, if you don't have a border, you don't have a country. I mean, it's as simple as that. You go to any other country in the world, they're not allowing this. Only in the United States, under the leadership of the Biden administration. Oh, no, you, you, keep, so, you, keep, saying the, you, you, you keep saying the Biden administration, but a lot of these issues are uh, flowovers from New York City, including maybe yours. That goes beyond Biden. That's the mayor. Have you heard Mayor Adams at any point call out Mayorkas and the border, ever? Well, I did hear Adams say that, it was a situation where the federal government had no plan. They haven't funded it. Uh, it wasn't uh, well thought out. Did he name the border? Did he say border? Did he say border? No. Okay. No, and when no. he says federal government, you know why he does that? I'm going to tell you why, Bruce. Because instead of calling out the Democrats and saying Biden by name, when he says the federal government, he leaves himself open to criticize the White House and Republicans, who he has done it a million times the last couple of weeks because Republicans didn't pass immigration reform. So that's a bit of cowardice, to be honest, because he leaves himself an open door to bash Republicans as well. Well, I tell you, all, all I can say to you is I got enough on my plate governing Nassau County. Uh, we are not a sanctuary county. Uh, our school districts do not want to take in any more students. I, I've talked to school superintendents and school board presidents, they're absolutely opposed to that. And, and you know what areas would get hurt, hit the worst? Uh, the lower socioeconomic areas, uh, areas which have a large minority population, it would be dumped on them. And that's not fair. And they know that. They've told me that. So, uh, you know, I, I believe that uh, uh, we will continue to have this policy here in Nassau County. And uh, I hope that it will be respected by the federal and state government because, they ask for volunteers. We're not volunteering. So is it fair to say, though, that it's not dead, that even though you're you're doing God's work here and standing up for the people and doing exactly what I would want if I lived in Nassau County, that uh, despite your bravest efforts, it still may happen? Or do you feel like you're going to shut this thing down? I believe that there is no justification or authority for Nassau County to take in migrants. Um, I know there are people who have a different opinion. Uh, we have consulted with attorneys. We're uh, very uh, confident of the law, and uh, we're going we're gonna to enforce the laws here in Nassau County. You know, lo- local government has their own laws, and uh, they have to be respected. And our land use laws do not permit this. So uh, we will do whatever we have to do to make sure that it does not happen. I'm surprised you say that there's some opposition to what you're saying because you're a Republican, uh, Ann Donnelly, who, of course, is uh, the terrific DA, we love her, too. She's a uh, very bright lady. I know how she thinks. It doesn't seem to me, Anthony Desposito, Joe Cairo, Pete King, I don't, where is the opposition coming from in Nassau County? Well, it's coming from the ACLU types, you know, the ones that really don't put America first, the ones that uh, don't think about the country and, and how the country was formed and our, our principles and our values. It's by people who want to impose values that are repugnant 
to our American way of life. And people are starting to see that. I had a Democrat come up to me last night in a restaurant and say, listen, I'm a lifelong Democrat. You're doing the right thing. And by the way, I'm going to vote for you next time. Is that the biggest issue right now in Nassau County? Because, you know, you you talk about some of these migrants coming in. And, uh, again, anecdotal, but I was told by somebody, Bruce Blakeman, that uh, some of these folks that are coming in actually have MS-13 tattoos on their neck. I can't confirm that. I can't do it. But I know that you guys have spent a while, dating back to Trump's day, battling that awful gang and doing a pretty good job of it. So is the migrant situation right now your biggest issue in Nassau County or still the gangs and crime and those types of issues? Well, they're all important and they're all related because uh, we've had some burglary rings uh, that have taken place here in Nassau County where people have come across the border. They're part of the, uh, the migrant program. They find their way to New York because uh, New York has a prosperous uh, area. And they come here to commit crimes, and, and we've caught them. We have a great police department. They do a great job. They solve the crimes. They make the arrests. But then on top of that, you have state laws where someone's arrested four or five times, and a judge can't use their discretion on whether to hold them on bail or not. They have to release them back into the community to commit crime after crime after crime. So it's all interrelated, and it's it's a battle. It's a battle every single day. But our cops are up to the battle. We got a great police department. Our commissioner Pat Ryder is completely in sync with me. I like him. District Attorney Annie Donnelly is is someone who is a lifelong prosecutor. She understands the issues of law and order, and I have the support of my county legislature. So uh, we're going to do whatever we have to do to make sure uh, that we have a safe county, and we do have a safe county. But it is a an ongoing battle each and every day, and it doesn't have to be that way. And, Bruce, uh, you know, they're effing up my casino plans here. I, mean, <laughs> I joke around, but on a serious note, I think that a casino there would be great. I know you've only gone through step one of a three-step process. I feel like I bring this up every time, but I do because I know what it generates in terms of jobs and money, and uh, the area you're talking about would be perfect. It's gorgeous. So where are we in that endeavor? Well, here's the thing. Uh, We have done everything that we needed to do in the county. We signed the agreement with Las Vegas Sands. Uh, The county legislature approved the agreement 17 to 1. Um, Democrats and Republicans joined together on this because it's such an economic driver uh, that it would be, you know, irresponsible not to take uh, in that kind of revenue. And um, basically, it's up to the state now. And Look, if it's on the merits, we win hands down. We've got the site. We've got the location. We've got all of the amenities, and amenities. We've got the infrastructure. We've got local support. If it's on the merits, we get it. And if we get it, Sid, it'll be the highest grossing casino in America because Nassau County is one of the most prosperous counties. We're minutes away from JFK and LaGuardia. We're a train ride away from New York City. It is the best place for a casino in the United States. So if the state decides the applications on the merits, we win hands down. Hopefully, politics will not take root and corrupt the selection process. So on the way out, let's wrap this up. Bruce Blakeman, you're always great and very gracious. Thank you. I always text you very early in the morning, so thanks for getting back to me. Wrap it up in a nice little bow. I'm going to make this statement, and you're going to confirm it or deny it, agree or disagree. Migrants? Okay. Migrants, according to Bruce Blakeman, 
will not be in Nassau County. In fact, over his dead body. Is that strong enough? I would would say that that is accurate, perhaps not strong enough. Not even strong enough? (laughs) Wow, that's why we love you, Bruce. accurate and strong, Sid. (laughs) You're great. My last dying breath. Oh, good for you. Listen, we uh, we are with you 1,000%. I just wish people here in this city were as adamant about this as you are, but you continue to do a great job, and uh, you're a great friend. Thank you for coming on this morning, and have a great weekend. Thanks, Sid. Enjoy the rest of the summer. But by the way, can we go in the water yet there, or are the sharks still uh, eating people? What's <laughs> I'm sorry about that, but uh, a shark still an issue out there in Nassau County, or is he gone? We lost. Well, him if he didn't there. hang up, you'd be able to answer. <laughs> yeah. I, would, I would imagine there's still an issue. It is the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that don't is... go in the water, Bruce. Yeah. All right, we'll come back on uh, sitting friends in the morning right after this. <laughs> Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. So I've got another movie role, which I can't really tell you about now, but I've got it. This is where Bo Dito texts me in like two seconds. What is it? I worked on it a couple days this week, and, uh, well, I nailed it. So I will tell you more about it later. But it's uh, it's exciting, and the names are very, very big. And I'm still basking in the glory, of course, of Gravesend and Inside Man. Inside Man right now is number one on Amazon, number one. People are buying it every day, and they should. It's a great mob movie. Even John Katsimatidis loved it. How about that? Loved it. And um, it was a great time. And now Danny Ace promised me to be in his next movie. But, of course, uh, a lot of those guys are on strike, even though this was an independent film. So Eric Adams, you know, is not just the mayor, but he's a very powerful man. How do I know that? Well, God. He speaks to God. That's... Amazing. I don't know how he does it, but good for him. Now he's got a new thing, okay? First he spoke to God. Now he does these 
He says these things. He just sounds like a crazy person. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I know that, like, Joe Esposito loves him, makes excuses. Governor David Patterson loves him, makes excuses. I like him, but he just sounds like a crazy person. At the Indian Independence Day flag raising, we were all there for that. The Indian Independence Day flag raising on Wednesday. Do you know, Lewis, the latest figure the mayor compared himself to? I have to recuse myself. I already have, I'm in possession of all this information. Okay. So when you first heard it, I know you weren't surprised, again, because no. once you talked to God, I mean, no. But are you not shocked well, just was, a little that this guy continues to do this? Um, I have to say I'm about 30% shocked. Yeah. I'm not entirely shocked. Justin, you know this because you put this sound sheet together. Does uh, Flippin' know? Jimmy's doing a very good job today and know him late instead. You know who uh, Eric Adams, you do? Yeah, I heard the audio as well. I was. It's What's shocking is that somebody like this could get to be mayor. Right. That's what is the right. aspect of it. Right. Well, you know, that just uh, goes to show you how crappy Maya Wiley is, and there's just not enough people who realized what Curtis Sliwa can do. I think it's changed now. I really believe Curtis has a chance. Now, maybe that's my heart. Maybe that's my hope. I don't know. But I really believe that people are starting to think, we got to go, this guy's out here at that rally, this rally, that rally. And my man Eric is on his way to Israel and a wedding at Martha's Vineyard. I mean, I, you know, I know you voted for him, Jim Flippin. What do you? Yeah, Byron's remorse. You still think he's the right guy? Um, I don't. I'm not a you know resident of New York City, so I didn't vote in that. Election. Oh, I made that up. Yeah, I apologize. <laughs> Once in a while, did you I, make something up. Yeah. Did anybody in these studios vote for Eric? <laughs> I didn't. Jimmy didn't live here. Did you, Lewis? No, of course I did. Yeah, no. Okay. Uh, did you, Justin? No. Sophia, did you vote for Eric? No. So we've got five people in studio. None of them voted for Eric, yet he won in a yet landslide. He yet he won. And all those in people a landslide. at Curtis's rally are shouting for him. Yeah. And this guy still won. Still won. Yeah. So here's we compared himself most recently on Wednesday, the Mayor Eric Adams. We cannot only worship Gandhi. We must practice Gandhi. We need to be Gandhi-like, and we need to continue the steps that he started. If we don't continue the steps, then the bullet took away the dream and the vision of Gandhi. Dr. King continued those steps. We must continue those steps. So I'm Gandhi-like. Oh I God. think like Gandhi. No, no, no. I want to be like no, no, Gandhi. No, 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 no. You're Eric Adams. That's as good as it's going to get. You're not Mahatma Gandhi. I am Gandhi-like. I don't even make those types of crazy right. I'm statements. just imagining if before you got the job, before yeah. you get any job, if you were in the like whatever interview process with Chad, like, well, you know what, Chad? I'm kind of Gandhi-like <laughs> in my approach to radio. Yeah. I wonder what Chad would have said. Like, bro. What, what are you talking about? I need you to do a good show. Shut yeah. the heck up. I got more crazy people. I'm not done with uh, with Eric. I, I got more. I am done with Eric. I got more crazy people. Then you get this guy, and you may have heard of him. He was what's uh, governor of this uh, state, and he does a podcast every week. And I guess there are people that actually listen. I don't know why they would, but they do. And his name is Andrew Cuomo. And on his podcast this week, I guess he was talking about these indictments and. How he believes, I guess, I haven't heard all of it, so if I'm saying something incorrectly, I'm sure Malena Shaba will correct me, but I believe he said that uh, in some of these cases, 
they seem right, especially Georgia with Donald Trump. And if he said that, he's a bigger idiot than he think he is. And I think he's a big idiot. Here he says, um, Cuomo on his podcast, that Trump is a master at controlling conspiracy theories. This comes from Andrew Cuomo. That would be like O.J. Simpson calling Robert Blake a murderer. Here's your friend Cuomo, cut number 19. Trump is a master <laughs> at manipulating conspiracy you, theories. Yeah. He plays to the cynicism and fears oh. of people. You didn't do that? COVID? And that's what conspiracies do. Oh. See? The election fraud conspiracy. It's just an example that's of all what he does. Just an example. Remember the conspiracy theories that he has been spreading mm. all through his political career. Yes. He did it with Hillary Clinton. He did? I don't remember. He did it with President Obama. Did he he really? wasn't really an American. Oh, that's fine. I'm still not sure he is. You can show me all the birth certificates out of Hawaii. He can. I can go to a guy right now down the street on 42nd Street and make up an ID that says I go to Ohio State. (laughs) Andrew Cuomo should never, ever, ever be calling anybody else out. If there's any master of conspiracy theories, of lies, of manipulation, Andrew Cuomo may very well be at the very top of the list. He's a sick bastard. That's all he is. I don't want to hear he's handsome. He speaks great. He's a sick bastard. And I, for one, am happy I haven't heard his voice on this station now for a while. We were bringing him on, you know. And (laughs) I have admitted this before, I'll admit it again. I came close to bringing him on myself. We actually had Cuomo and I, a relatively nice 20-plus minute Cell phone conversation where I decided I was going to bring him on because I thought he was going to tackle one of the two major issues, but he pussied out. And ever since then, whatever respect I had for him, which was basically none, that's gone. And then when Rita did that uh, interview, and Rita did a good job, she did good, not great. I mean, they spent too much time on the, the women's stuff and nonsense. Nobody cares. We want to hear about nursing homes, and we want to hear about uh, uh, bail reform. That's it. We don't care about the other stuff. It's nonsense. But, um, she tried. She did a good job and he just browbeat her too. Just beat the living daylights out of the last 25 minutes. So, there you have it. Eric Adams and Andrew Cuomo. Two crazy Democrats. Yeah, we need more. You want more? Yeah. I don't have any more right no, now. Okay. I, got to, I can right. find something from... Um... I'm talking about the future. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, you want to vote some more in? <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just bring them Hey, listen, in. you're in the right state if you want That's that, it. my friend. No, it'll be here. You're in the right state. They'll be here. Oh, yeah. They right. love them here in New York. Right. The common sense ones. Those are the ones. These are the common sense Democrats. Right. Yeah, those are the ones you need. These are common sense. A couple of years, right. we'll just be all driving scooters into work. That's it. There'll be scooter <laughs> lanes made. Uh, uh, it's good for the environment. And uh, everybody yeah, yeah. Out. You know, Great. Joe Rogan contends that it's the Democrats, talking about the Democrats, Joe Rogan, who for some reason has become the voice of all podcasts, I've said this before, I don't know why. I find him to be boring. He doesn't look good. He doesn't sound all that exciting. But, but, I can't argue with success. And he is a huge success, much bigger than me. So, I'm compelled to play his stuff. He actually says, not even Republicans, but those Democrats, Lewis, that you're talking about, 
They want Biden out more than Republicans. Here is his theory. Joe Rogan, Louis, cut number 20. I think, I mean, I'm an armchair uh, conspiracy theorist, but uh, if I had to guess, I would say that all this stuff that's coming out slowly but surely about Biden is on purpose. And they want they want to get rid of him. I think he wants to run again, and I don't think the Democrats think that he can win. I think they're right, and I think they're going to slowly but surely expose more of these, uh, like, very clear pieces of evidence of corruption. Yeah. yeah. The $20 million is bananas. The fact that this isn't all over the New York Times and the Washington Post and mainstream news, that they're not blaring it from the rooftops, because you know they would be if it was Trump. Making sense, Joe Rogan, right there. Okay, we're going to talk to the great Congressman Peter King, then the WFAN legend, Joe Beningo, talking about Trump and the Jets and the Giants, all that. So he's always a great guest. And then making his return to sit in friends in the morning, Sebastian Gorka. Three great guests in a row coming up. Talk Radio 77. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Is it getting better? Do you feel the same? Will it make you? Such a great song, won by U2, and of course, the remade it here, Bono, with Mary J. Blige, and for anyone that's listened to this program for, well, from its inception back in 2016, you know that my former partner and dear friend of 25 years, my late great partner, Bernard McGurk, loved this song, so Bernie, baby girl, I know you're listening, man, this song goes out to you. October 5th will be one year, Yom Kippur night we lost him. You know, I, I think he could probably count on one hand the amount of days, to be completely fair and honest, for all the uh, negativity this show received. You can probably count on one hand the amount of days, Lou, but I haven't mentioned Bernie's name. I mean, that doesn't happen. I mean, folks think that somebody passes away and, you know, the, you move on. And maybe you mention once in a while. That reminds you, less than one hand, I think. Days haven't mentioned him in some respect. Sometimes I take a shot at him. Most of the time, it's complimenting Story. him, and deservedly so. And stories. And stories. I mean, he always comes yeah. up. I mean, right or wrong, but uh, Bernie, I must call no, you. No, that's Jeez. okay. That's all right. That's nice a compliment. Song. Yeah, no, it is. You're great too, though. You're, <laughs> bo- you're both terrific guys, and and I'll play a song for you when you die too. I promise. Okay. Wow, I'm going to look forward to that. Yeah. I'll look. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll play uh, Levon Helm. Okay. okay. I know you love the band. Sure, they can do yeah. that. 
All right, we got to. <laughs> you got my blessing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's been a great show already. God, I'm glad I'll be dead. <laughs> Curtis Sliwa, Andrew Giuliani, and Bruce Blakeman. Again, three more great guests to come, including this guy who's here on Wednesdays. But uh, he came on Wednesday, and he was so disrespectful and nasty and hung up on me that, um, well, for some reason I forgave him, and now he's back on Friday. It's my friend Peter King. So that was disgraceful how you yelled at me on Wednesday, Pete. You know, actually, Sid, in some ways it's good to be back with you. First of all, let me say on a serious note, I agree yeah. with uh, what you said about Bernie McGurk. He's an outstanding guy, a wonderful friend, and yeah. a real... Uh, and I, he I, loved you, no, man. He, he really, really loved you. He really did. He's a great guy going back to the Irish days. Anyway, let me just get to a few things right away. Uh, you and I did a real dispute on Wednesday, and I just want to say, for the record, I stand by every word I've ever said on Gil- uh, Gilgo. I will defend every word that I said. What I was starting to say the other day before you interrupted me is, that it was wrong for anyone to even suggest that Sheriff Tulan would not fully protect Rex Ewerman. That Sheriff Tulan is a man of total integrity, and to even be suggesting he would be involved in allowing a suicide and to be killed, and then under the insane theory that somehow Ewerman was involved with Suffolk County government officials, where no one, you cannot find anyone in law enforcement who would even suggest that. And also, well, let me, let me say one second. The, 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 well, hold on. the suicide part was was more of a joke. Obviously, no one, nobody here, not me, not Curtis, not anybody, believed that sheriff. Because you're right, he is a good man, the sheriff. Would ever be involved in that? That was more of a tongue in cheek. The rest of it, yes, we were very, very serious. Yes, it was. And uh, anyway, let me just get it on the record. Also, I think that Rodney Harrison and Ray Tierney have done and are doing a terrific job. There was also some work before them. Jerry Hart, the former commissioner, who was also head of the FBI in Long Island, she was heavily involved in that. It was uh, she was the one that found the uh, the belt, which now could be evidence that it was used to tie the burlap bags. The, the hair uh, the uh, hair particle was found back in 2010 and 2011. The FBI did not have the technology at that time to trace the DNA. So I just wish that you would allow me to speak rather than jump in and bring issues I wasn't even talking about. You mentioned Jim Burke. I had no intention of even talking about Jim Burke. He's nothing to do with this. And uh, so to me, it would have been a lot more beneficial for your viewers to let me state my case, you state your case, and not take me off the air. And so I'll leave it at that. We're good friends. Well, but, 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 you're, but, but two things. First of all, you're, you're so wrong. It's, it's because that segment was wildly popular, and we're not going to get ratings to date, but this segment like we got then, and all I really care about is ratings, so you're wrong about that. It would not have been better. This, it was actually better the way it transpired. And but, but, but because I do love you and respect you and wanted to give you a chance to state it, you're back on today, and I didn't stop you once. But, but no, it, it went down the way it was perfect the way it went down. I mean, perfect. People have been talking for two days about King and Rosenberg. <laughs> but you made your point, and uh, fair enough, I do want to get to Bruce, though, because uh, you've always liked Bruce, and, and you convinced me early on to like Bruce, and you were right. I do like him. And I love what he's doing with the migrant issue in, in uh, Nassau Coliseum. I know you feel the same way. What do you want to say to Blakeman listening right now about the way he's been so adamant about no migrants here? Well, actually, what I said to him last night, I was at dinner last night with Bruce and Al D'Amato and Joe Cairo at uh, your favorite place, King Umberto's. We had a great time. It is a great place. It was great and serious. You're talking about a lot of issues. And what Bruce is doing on uh, uh, the migrant issue about people uh, say it's going to be coming to Nassau County, he will fight it tooth and nail. And uh, one thing which didn't come up this morning, which Bruce is very concerned about, and here's where i got to give Curtis credit, though that 1,000-person uh, tent at Secretum, that is right on the Nassau County border. Uh, communities like Flora Park, Belrose, even New Hyde Park, they are directly threatened by that. 
In fact, uh, I understand that uh, Borough Park used to have uh, benches that were put right near the county line for people to sit on, to just, you know, sit around and talk. They, Borough Park has taken those benches out that have been there for years. Wow. Because they didn't want people coming around and hanging out there. That's already how the community has been affected. This is disgraceful. And I agree with you. Uh, personally, I think Eric Adams is a good guy, uh, but he's got to go after Joe Biden. It's, it's not the administration. It's Joe Biden. Just like what happened with Donald Trump, it was not the, the administration. It was Donald Trump who closed the border, not the administration. And so they've got to go after Biden, and they've got to really make a major issue out of it. And Governor Hochul, for how to be somehow turning on Eric Adams, and to have those two fighting with each other over who's responsible when it's the head of their party who's responsible. And uh, so it's important we stand together, and it's important that uh, we all get behind Bruce on this. Bruce is doing what the people want. He's doing what's right. And we can't be having, uh, you know, they're talking about uh, bringing migrants into the National Coliseum. That just can't be allowed. I mean, it can't be allowed, and Bruce will fight it as hard and strong as he possibly can. I mean, you tell me, Peter, um, have you heard Eric Adams? Yes, he's mentioned the administration, but he doesn't mention Biden because when he says the federal government, that gives him a chance to attack Republicans, too, with that nonsense immigration reform. But um, have you heard Eric Adams say the word border or the name Mayorkas ever? No, I haven't. And the fact is, immigration reform has nothing to do with this because uh, sealing the border has nothing to do with reform. If they want to talk about dreamers and all that, that's all fine to debate. But we could have passed all the immigration reform in the world, and if uh, the border is not secure, it's not going to do anything. Basically, what they're talking about is making all illegal immigration legal, and then you say there's no more legal immigration. I mean, it's just a word game they're playing. And, you know, even with all this talk, do we put migrants here, do we put them there? There's no end to this. We're not filling up Yankee Stadium, City Field, Imagine Square Garden. The way it looks now, this is going on. It's going to go on for days, weeks, months, and years to come. If we have an open border and there's just a direct link to all the cities in this country, it's going to go on forever. So whether or not they use this this place or that place, that's almost irrelevant. uh, We have to stop it. But there's no way you're going to cure it by opening up more facilities because all that's going to do is encourage more uh, illegal immigration. And by saying give them working papers, that's going to even double the amount of uh, illegal immigration coming in. Now, this is totally upside down. It's being debated from the wrong end by the media and also by the Democrats. And the Republicans should be outspoken, not be afraid of what the media is going to say. The media is never going to be on our side anyway. And it's absolutely essential and vital that we get together behind guys like Bruce Blake, behind, again, someone like Curtis. On this issue, he is 100% right. And uh, again, my only Agreed. surprise is that uh, they let him out of Cleveland or the other night. I said I said the same thing to Danielle watching the news. I go, why they let him go home? But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, on a serious note, this uh, MS-13 issue that you guys have worked so hard on for years, and, and this goes back to Trump. Trump did a great job with that. You know that you've talked about it, him coming to Absolutely. Nassau County. And, and now I hear rumors, and it could, be, it could just be rumors, that they have found a couple of guys that came across the border with those MS-13 tattoos on their neck. Have you heard any of that? Can you confirm or deny that? I, I, I've certainly heard that. And even if they hadn't found them, you know it has to be true. MS-13 does everything it can to get its operatives here into uh, Suffolk County and Nassau County. Back in 2014, I guess, or 2015, when you had the uh, unaccompanied minors, these were supposedly young innocent kids, 12, 13, and 14, storming across the border. They were taken to a place in Minnesota and then reassigned around the country. And a lot of them were assigned to uh, Suffolk County. 
and the crime rate went up. MS-13 was actually involved. Now, you actually had kids as young as 13, 14, 15 years old who were operatives for MS-13, recruiting kids in the schools they're in. So you had these guys coming in, they were 13 years old, maybe second grade education at best. They couldn't speak a word of English, no one knew what, what their health records were. And as it turned out, a number of them were agents of MS-13. And people say, how could a 14-year-old kid be an agent of MS-13? Either number one, he could be an actual operative of MS-13, or his family could be being, uh, being held hostage down in Central America, and he's being told what he had to do. And I remember being in a, uh, a middle school in one of the communities out there, and the principal, who was an African-American woman, uh, very liberal as far as I know, so this is no Archie Bunker story, she had three kids come up to me who were all uh, undocumented minors. And she had them speak to me and all that. And when I walked away, uh, she said, you know, what do you think? I said, oh, you know, two of those kids were okay, but that one guy, he, he's absolutely brilliant. Boy, we're lucky to have people like him in the country, even if you come in illegally. She laughed in my face. She said he is a... Cold stone, stone cold MS-13 operative is wow. including here in the school. No so kidding. that's how it was. I mean, and wow. you talk to the cops out there, and you're right about Donald Trump. What he did was he was able to coordinate with the Suffolk County Police, uh, Homeland Security, and the United States Attorney's Office, and they really, not that you crush MS-13, but in the, 17, in the 18 months before Donald Trump came in first to Suffolk County and then Nassau County, there have been 25 brutal murders in 18 months. And it was all other immigrants still being killed. And the bodies were being killed actually within maybe 100 feet of, of main roads to show how brazen they were. Since then, there's not been one MS-13 murder I'm aware of in, in Suffolk County. And the irony is when Donald Trump came in the first time, he had all these progressive groups out there picketing him all along the route, saying he was a racist, he's a bigot, and ICE, and HSI, uh, stop the Justice Department, tie the hands of the cops. The fact is, from that moment on, there's not been one hmm. MS-13 murder. Wow. Now, we said that. They're still there, but they're undercover, and they're afraid to show their faces. As more of them come in, and uh, the breakdown continues, we could be back to another reign of uh, bloody terror in Suffolk and Nassau County. That would be awful. 60 seconds to go. So you said all these nice things about Trump just now, and I know how you feel because I've listened to you on other shows on the station, right on the money about the indictments, and you think it's an injustice. So uh, two of my best friends, and, and, and for folks that are listening, I know I call everybody my, my dear friend. Truth be told, all kidding aside, Bo Deedle and Peter King are really two of my best friends. That's a fact. My family loves them, the whole thing. So Bo uh, now has come around. He has decided after going never Trumper for a bit, he says, well, I always liked Trump, but he can't win. Now he's put all that aside, and he's behind Donald Trump, who's going to win the primary now at this point. You know that. Uh, is it fair to say, Peter, you've joined with uh, Bo? Or are you still uh, really concerned about uh, the possibility of him winning the general election and therefore can't place all your faith in Trump? No, I'm still not supporting him in the primary. Obviously, he's the nominee of the party. I will support him. But I do have real concerns about his ability to win in November. And uh, you know, the last election, uh, putting aside the issue of whether I was stolen or not, the fact is it never should even be as close as it was based on his record. But he leaves himself open. He creates these controversies, self-inflicted wounds, <clears throat> which have nothing to do with his character or anything else. Self-inflicted wounds. So, no, I'm still not, not supporting him. But if he's nominated the party, I certainly will. And Biden, we have to get rid of Joe Biden. We have to remove him from office. But this is one of the worst, worst administrations ever. I mean, I can't imagine anything being as disorganized and wrong, in many ways as corrupt, as the Biden administration.
That's a heck of an appearance, Pete. I'm glad you came back and uh, got a chance to uh, say what you said about Long Island. And I I, uh, I love when everybody comes on and, and uh, tells folks how they feel. Every now and then, uh, you know, fights happen. Turns out to be very, very good radio, but it means nothing. At the end of the day, I love you, respect you, and you're great. So thank you for coming on today. Have a great weekend. We'll talk again on Wednesday, Peter King. Thank you. You're the man. You're the man. Thank you. That's my man. That's my friend. And I'm proud to say it. And Bernie loved him, too. Bernie loved him. He used to say, um, long live the king. That's Peter King. And once again, Bernard McGurk. This goes out to you. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Brian Dable wants me on his don't, roster. Don't do it. Don't do it. Grunk, we can't. Grunk, we can't. He won't have that Grunk, face if I was Grunk, on the team with him. Grunk, we can't keep doing this. I know. Who's the coach that has the best chance to get you out of retirement? Um, Brian Dable. Really? Yeah. Really? Not Sean McDermott? Interesting. Oh, my hometown team. Mm, <laughs> your favorite team. But Brian Dable. Brian Dable yeah. could get you out. What would he say if you called I mean, him? He what would he have to say to you? He can't get me out of retirement, but he would have the best chance to get me out of retirement. I mean, it could be you and Waller. Can you imagine that? That would be pretty wild. Super Bowls with the Patriots and, of course, the Buccaneers alongside Tom Brady. I had no idea this was Rob Gronkowski, future Hall of Fame tight end's home, and he was a giant fan, and, again, he's not coming out of retirement. I don't think, like I said, he's like Brett Favre and Mike Francesa was every year. But he says the coach that's got the best chance is Dable with my Giants. Giants will take on Carolina tonight, their second preseason game. They lost 21-16 to the Lions last week, and the Jets 
Back at it tomorrow after a very impressive win in Carolina last week. Uh, the Browns, of course, the Hall of Fame game, and they've got the Buccaneers and a lot more Zach Wilson, I guess. We're talking about the Jets. No disrespect to PA announcer Joe Nolan, who's on this morning and every morning doing traffic. The, and, of course, uh, Fireman Ed or Rob, Mr. Jet, the biggest Jet fan in New York and has been the case for the better part of the last 70 years is WFAN legend and my former partner, Joseph Beningo. Good morning, JoJo. Sydney Arthur. By the way, great job by Rafino. The Carl Carlton version of Everlasting Love, which is the better of yes. the two. The original was done by Robert Knight. This one was better. So good job by Rafino. Rafino gets it done every freaking time. You know, we actually do something online, and there's an interested party out there who wants to sponsor it, and it's called Lou's Lineup. So to be completely honest, Lou at this point, when he first came on the show, I picked about 70% of the songs. He did about 30%. Now it's it's flipped. Now he does about 70%. I do about 30%. So his Lou's Lineup he posts every day. And believe it or not, Joe, we've got people that have contacted me and said, can I get the soundtrack to your radio morning show? That's how important music has become, showing Lou Rufino's genius, Joe, every day. Yeah, no question. One of the greats of all time. Lou, Lou, Lou brilliant job. By, I love by you, Joe. Yeah. So what do you think so about uh, Gronkowski coming out of retirement and playing with the Giants? Well, first of all, I didn't know he's from this area. Me either. Where do you go? Where do you go to Arizona? He yes. went to Arizona in school. Yeah. Uh, it's not happening. Come on, you know that. No shot. But did you know that he was a Dayball fan, a Giant no. fan? Well, I guess he was his tight ends coach with the uh, Evil Empire, right? I oh, that's yes, that's right. I forgot about that. You're right about that. Nicely done there, Joe. But what do you think, uh, 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 Gronkowski, his side, one exhibition game in? I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't see a lot right. of that game because I was at my own movie premiere, <laughs> Giants and Lions. Anyway, how about that? Now, now, let me can I ask you a question, seriously, in all due respect. Now, you're doing movies now. You're a big-time actor yeah. and all it is. That's all true. Uh, yes. Yes. I mean, is there any love scenes with any uh, hot actresses? That's not a bad question. And I'm just going to say this at the risk of sounding like a complete douchebag. The women want to do that, but Danielle's against it. <laughs> I see. All right, well, no, yeah, no, I, uh, I understand. I get. I told, that would be the same situation right. with me. Believe me, right. I, uh, Terry so, wouldn't be happy. Right. About so it. you got to watch both. But, yep. but I, but I had to ask. I had to. Ask. No, it's a great question. But you have to watch both. Gravesend, all nine episodes. I'm in five of the nine on Amazon Prime and Inside Man, which is now the number one movie. Joe, wow. number one movie. The true story about the Gemini Lounge in Brooklyn came out last Friday. Wow. wow. Now, do you play like Roy DeMeo in this or, or what? No, no. Danny A plays Roy DeMeo. I play DeMeo's first cousin, Joe Dracula Guglielmo, and I wow. play a bartender. Joe one. Dracula yes, Guglielmo. Yes. It's a big wow. deal. It's a big deal. So go Smith, check those out. It's a big deal. I mean, come on. What are you, what are you like, chop liver? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I didn't see the Giant game last week. What, what are your impressions leading up to tonight's second preseason game? I could care less, bro. I mean, preseason, even with my team, with the Jets, I mean, you think I care? All I, here's the only thing that to me matters. I would care about this with the Jets. I would care. Forget about your right. Zach Wilson's not going to play anyway. But that defense, I would care about that. They look great. They, okay, but it's preseason. It's like, it, let's be honest. Well, preseason is non-alcoholic beer. That's what it is. <laughs> it, it, I, 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 my only concern about preseason football is that nobody gets hurt. That's all that matters. You can't get crazy about it. I think the Giants got a chance. Look, as far as the Giants going into the season, I think they have a chance to be good. They're in a, they're in a conference that is not great. 
You know, to me, I see two teams in the NFC. One is the Eagles, unfortunately, in their division, and the other one is the 49ers. Now, I don't know. Who's the quarterback? Sam Donald? Is the kid Purdy? Oh, I got, I got to tell you. The quarterback? Uh, no, Sam, I, I actually spent time. I know, you know, I know you think it's silly, but I did watch that 49er game last week. They didn't insert Sam Donald until the fourth quarter. They started the kid, Trey Lance. And Sam, oh, they, oh, that's right. they got Trey Lance, too. I forgot right. about him. Yeah. And, and Sam Donald against guys that can be working in a car wash in about two weeks couldn't get it done. He was in the fourth yeah. quarter of a preseason game. Even playing with San Francisco, man, that's a, that's a yes. bad commentary. But I think the Giants, look, I mean, they were a playoff team last year. Uh, I don't think the schedules, they do play the AFC East, and I'll be rooting for them in three of those four games, as you know, (laughs) when they play the Dolphins, Bills, and uh, Patriots. But uh, why not? I mean, look, I I love Waller, love the addition of Waller. I think the defense is going to be better. You know, they paid Dexter Lawrence. He's one of the best defensive tackles there is. I like the kid they drafted number one in the corner. Uh, out of, was out of Maryland, yep. and I think Jones is good. I think Jones, to me, uh, Daniel Jones. You got Barkley back in the fold. To me, Daniel Jones is is a, a lower case Josh Allen. I mean, and I think That's he's fair. just getting ready to take off. I really. That's don't. fair. I, I like that comparison. Look, it's very simple. You're 100 percent right. And if one of these wide receivers, whether it's a kid out of Tennessee, the rookie right. Hyatt, I like Pat- him. I watched him a lot of Tennessee. He's got he's a lot good. of speed. He could be a game breaker. For right. Him. Or it could be Paris Campbell, who's still a young guy right. Right. out of Ohio. State if one of these guys can step up and help out Slayton and Waller and those guys, I think you're right. Now the Jets, again, no Aaron Rodgers. You're right; it's only preseason football. But I don't know. Uh, bringing in Cook, this guy's been to four Pro Bowls. It wasn't like Cook slowed down last year. He had a great year with the Vikings. I mean, they lo- look, bro, they loaded with offensive weapons. I mean, they brought in Dalvin Cook, they brought in Lazard, they brought in Randall Cobb, they brought in McCole Hardman. You know, you pair him with the guys already there. You know, Garrett Wilson, obviously, hopefully, Brees Hall, you know, uh, is at least close coming back from that from the knee injury and all of that. You know, you got some guys, man. It's going to come down. You got the tight ends they got. It's going to come down to the offensive line. I mean, that right now is the biggest concern if you're a Jet fan. Well, I would, I would, I would stop you. I would stop so you for one you second. Crazy about it. I would stop you for one second because my buddy Chris Bavona just sent me a text and he said the same thing about the Giants. He said if Daniel Jones uh, can right. keep, so it's, so it's probably fair to you say Joe Burrow. Let me about the Giants. So you do have one of the premier left tackles in football. You do have that yeah. on the offensive line, yeah. Andrew Thomas. And the kid Evan Neal is pretty good too. So. Yeah, well, right. But he's still not – he's not where, you know, where right. Thomas is yet. But that right. was a good draft choice that the kid out of Alabama, Neil. No, I agree. I, look, the Giants have – and the conference is not great, bro. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you one thing, and I've said this about the Jets. That Monday night opener against Buffalo, you got to win that game. You can't have all all this insanity, all the hoopla about Rodgers and all this, and then lay an egg against a big division rival in Buffalo. And the same thing is the Giants. You know, the Giants got to beat Dallas opening night. I mean, come on. It's time. They've had yeah. Dallas and Philly have owned the Giants for a long time. If the Giants are going to do something this year, they need to win opening night, yeah. yep. Sunday night against the Cowboys at home. Let's totally agree. I'm actually going to be at that game. And to your point, the Giants were 0-4 last year against the Eagles right. and Cowboys. See, the Jets, I, I kind of agree, but not really. And I'll tell you how. If the Jets go out there and Aaron Rodgers throws three touchdowns and they lose 31-28 to Allen the Bills, not a disaster. No, you lose 42-10, to different story. But no, the, it's a disaster, bro. Any law, no, 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 no. Any they got to win this game. Okay. Enough. I don't want to hear this. It's okay to lose. No, it's not. <laughs> okay. 
I, I, I want four and two going into the bye week, and two of the wins have to be the two, the one against Buffalo and the one against Belichick. They have to destroy Belichick when they play him. No, 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 no. No, I've had enough of that. There's no moral victories anymore. I don't care if Rodgers goes out there and throws six touchdown passes. If they lose, they lose. you got to win. It's time to win. Well, I know, but in, like in 86, for example, when my Giants won the Super Bowl, when Sims beat Elway in Pasadena. Yeah, yeah, you lost the opening night to the Cowboys. Correct, and then they won 14 I out know, of 15 Hershel games. Hershel had a big touchdown. I don't believe me, bro, I know. Yeah. Well, maybe it'll go the and same then you way. Went, and, then you, and then after that, you went 14-1 and won the rest of the year. You right. lost to Seattle. I think the other loss was to the Seahawks, right? Very good. So. We lost to Seattle. Very, very right. good. Nicely done. All right, so uh, you have uh, high expectations for both the Giants and the Jets. And, again, you love this Cook signing. Yes, you love it. Yeah, it's just another guy. I mean, why not? Yeah. You why know, the, the two losses you said after those six weeks, you had the Jets, you won them at 4-2. and two. Who were those two losses to? Well, I don't want to lose any of them. I want to be 6-0. I know, but, but, I, but I, I, you know, but I, but 4-2, and two, you know? Look, if you're going to lose the two games, I guess the two, the, the two NFC games would be the ones. Now, no offense to your Giants, but no, I want to win them all, bro. There's, I don't want to lose any game. And they got to beat Denver. I mean, they old Denver after this idiot Sean Payton comes out and just rips Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, what was the point of doing that? That was stupid. Was and, Aaron, that and, and, and I love Aaron Rodgers coming to Hackett's defense. That was actually very, very cool. All right, uh, Joe Beningo, you still work at the fan occasionally like you do here yep. with me. I actually was fortunate enough to be at Jet Camp on Tuesday. Evan, uh, I guess Tiki was out. Evan invited me over there, so I was I was happy. The first time I'd been over there, it was good. And, you know, I got to see the coach again. And, nice. You know, all of that. Well, you're friends with the coach. You guys play golf and all that. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, the last time you went to Jet Camp, Herman Edwards had you physically removed. Isn't that right? Uh, <laughs> no, I actually got along pretty good with Herman. I actually, I actually was out there a couple times to see Herman, believe yeah, it or not. Herman was a good him. coach, but he took us to the playoffs three I times know. than that, any coach in the history of the franchise. That so. was when you and I worked together, so I know those right. Herman Edwards days very, right. very well. But um, the Yankees are still on the fan. They, they, what they, a disgrace. They are. Well, but would you, yeah, let, me, let me ask you. Yeah. I, tell me, Sid, come on. You love every. How great is it that the Yankees stink? Oh, I mean, I love isn't it. it great? Yes, it's come great. On, we love it. 31 years since they had a losing record. They're, up, they're under 500 right now. They can't buy a run against the Braves. The Braves are so much. I mean, the Braves are the best team in baseball. But the Yankees are a disaster. How does Brian Cashman stay there? How can well, Hal that's I, I was I was going to ask you if you're Hal Steinbrenner, do you just clean house, get rid of Cashman and Boone? Time. The guy's been there. Look, the guy's been a terrific GM. I'm not saying he hasn't, but he's been there. He's been there 30 years already. I mean, it's time to go. 24 I mean, years. Go. No, you're right. Well, whatever years. it is. I mean, yeah. it's a long time. It's time yeah, to but, go. But you got to be careful because the Mets did this too when we were together. They fired Phillips and kept Valentine. If you fire the GM, Cashman, no, no, you got to get rid of Boone too. too. No, 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 right. no, no. Boone goes too. They right. got to get a hold. They need a whole new feel there. I mean, come on. They're, they're a disaster. They stink. You know, the Mets punted the season away, and I'm still ticked at Uncle Stevie for that because, you know, I mean, who knows? Maybe they could have made some kind of a run. I don't know. We'll see what all these uh, prospects they got turn out to be. And he better go after Otani in New York. He better have, I don't think Otani's coming to New York, but, but Uncle Stevie better have the highest bid for Otani on the table. I can tell you that right now, okay? And he better sign Pete Alonso. Can we get Alonso <laughs> signed already? What a disgrace. This guy, I mean, I, do I have to have Ajita going into next year just like the Yankee fans have with Aaron Judge about Alonso? The guy hits 40-plus homers, drives in 100-plus runs every year. He's the best power hitter. You could say the best power hitter in baseball. He's in that. He's on a short list of those guys, okay? He's hit more home runs than anybody in baseball since he came into the league five years ago. They got to get this guy signed, all right? Enough.
You know, you asked a question, uh, and I have to run here, but about how Steinbrenner, how could he keep Cashman and uh, Boone? And as you were ranting about the Mets and Uncle Stevie Cohen and Otani and Alonzo, my question was, how does Chris Oliveira not give you a million dollars and have you working every day? You're so freaking good. You're great I'm still. Old, I'm, a, I'm a faded relic, bro. I'm gonna, just, just remember this, bro, okay? Just remember, I will be, right? Just think about this. This is mind-boggling. I will be 70 no. next month. No. No. So I can't be. Seven. No. Zero. No. I mean, that's, you know what? When you hit that number, okay, that's a big number. Like, like you're all, like, there's no, like, you now you're at the point of no return. I mean, you can't. <laughs> but and, wait. and I love, and I got to say this, too. I love the people that say, oh, you know. 70 is the new 50. Well, no, you know no. who says that? 50-year-olds. No, no, you know, 70. They're not 70. No, no, no. I'm going to say this. <laughs> I mean, who, you know, who's yeah. getting old? No, you're old. There's no question about it. No, no doubt about it. <laughs> I mean, you know, the days of uh, you and I hanging out on 3rd Avenue and, uh, you know, playing basketball at night right. with Ray Martel right. throwing up right, Burger right, King right, hamburgers. Right, right. <laughs> Those days are over. That's it, right? Now you well, just... as I say, you know, like I, uh, I got... I, you know, I used to be able, I got a lot of eustas, you know what I mean? Like, I, there's a lot of eustas now for me. I used to be able right. to do this. I used to be able to do that. You right. know what I mean? Thank God I could still play golf, Sid. That's a big deal. And, you, and how are your bowel movements? Uh, not too bad. Okay, you know, good. They're going, you know, they're going uh, all right. You know, my, I don't have the greatest stomach in the world, but, uh, you know, that hasn't, that hasn't been a, a big problem. Thank and, God. And I, and I haven't worse, let me tell you, there's very yeah. few things in the world worse than constipation. There's no question about that. And, I, haven't, and I have not gotten a call from uh, your wife, Terry, in a long time about uh, any issues in the bedroom, so I guess you're okay. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, we're still we're still alive there. You know, <laughs> could, always use, could always use a little help, but, uh, you know. <laughs> I got like 90 little yellow pills in my bag right oh, now. Oh, so. bro, if anybody, I, I, I can't, I mean, you, you were doing them when you were 22. What are you talking about? <laughs> You're right. You're right. I, I had... Uh, I had trim spine Viagra. I was like 22 years old. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> I love you, bro. You're great. I uh, love the conversation. Let's please talk again right before the start of the season, okay, buddy? Yep. And we'll have, you know what we got to do, too? We gotta have to, we have to, uh, we'll have to have you on another live podcast. Sid. Oh, I'm dying to do it. I, I you swear. We got to get you out there again. Bring Rafino. Bring the Homish Booker. He with loved you again, it. You hey, hey, Lou, how great was Beningo's? That was, that was awesome. That, that was, was awesome. We're gumming. Yeah, we would love there. to do it. We'd be honored. We'd be honored. Tell your daughter, Aaron, we'd be honored. I will definitely do that. Lou, give me give me a good one coming out, Lou. What do you okay. got? I think I picked something. Here you go, Joe. Thank you. We love you, buddy. This goes out to you, Joe Beningo. We'll talk to you soon. We'll see you on the stage. All right. A little higher ground. That's what I'm going to speak right now, Sid. Take care of yourself. <laughs> see you, buddy.
Kid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Got my guy Anthony in the back. He brought in these two beautiful custom-made American flags from me and my mother, Naomi, up in Kanyanga Lake. But I'm looking forward to this next guest. He has not been on with me since I've moved to mornings here. He was on a while back. I would see him every now and then at Michael Harrison's event, you know, that talker's event. And Sebastian Gorka's had an amazing career. The show America First is still great. He does something across the street, too, I believe. But he is um, one of the more common sense, real patriots, without being too crazy. Because, you know, guys, I'm not like that. I'm not, you know, I believe, uh, you get a little carried away. Sebastian is pretty level-headed. He's great on Truth Social. I read his stuff all the time. And he's making his way back to Sid and Friends in the morning here in the number one media market in the world, New York City. Let's welcome back Sebastian Gorka. Sebastian, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good. Great to be back uh, a little bit more easy than last time but uh, good to be on your show <laughs> you're right the whole cell phone conversation at the airport but but sebastian let me apologize right now because first of all you uh you 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 uh texted me or tweeted me like a day later you're a gentleman you clearly have a good sense of humor so I want to apologize for going off the deep end, but uh, thank you for coming back because I am a fan yeah, of yours. You, you gave me some crap afterwards, dude. You, we know that. Yeah, no, I, I did. Told, no, I did. Yeah. I was told that you're a good man, so that's why I'm back. Yeah, that's not really true. But I have a b- really big show. <laughs> so it's more important that you talk to a big crowd. But I, I, I really do appreciate you, and I think you do great work. And I want to start, Sebastian, with, of course, what we're all talking about, these four ridiculous indictments. We know what they are. It's all about election interference, a political stab, if you will, at Donald Trump. My question to you is, how do you think Trump handles all of this with six or seven major political dates occurring on or about the same time as his court dates? Well, look, you know him. Uh, You're broadcasting out in New York. This is an unstoppable force of nature. They've been trying to take him down for 50 years in business. Uh, For the last seven years, they've been trying to take him down from inside the headquarters of the FBI, the CIA, the White House, the NSA, the mainstream media, and every single one of these bastards has failed. So, you know, he's just going to keep on trucking. Why? Because it's like you said in that video after one of the, uh, you know, insane indictments. Look, guys, it's not about me. It's about you. I'm just in the way. And, and that's the God's honest truth. I, I said it when I was in the White House. I said it after I left the White House. That this man won as a Republican candidate, despite the GOP, not thanks to the GOP. Why? Because he's the first president we've ever had in the modern age who isn't owned by anybody. He's not owned by the Chamber of Commerce like the rhinos are. He's not owned by big oil, big pharma, or the unions like the Democrats are. And that's why they have to take him down. You know that. But he is unstoppable. Look, I was there in Mar-a-Lago in November when he announced And look, I was his deputy in the White House, and I know the guy, but it was like a gut punch standing there listening to him because I realized, oh, my dear Lord, he's doing it again after what they put him through, his wife, his family, the FBI raids on his home, and he's doing it again. Why? Because he loves America, and I think Americans can see that. 
Well, there's no doubt. I mean, if you're, if you're fair-minded about this and don't already hate them, and believe me, there are millions and millions and millions that despise him, and you yeah. look into it, he has lost, this is a fact, okay, he's lost millions and millions of dollars. No, it, it's a billion. He, he's probably lost over a billion uh, right. since he became president. Right. And, and let's be clear, what you just said, totally true, that millions despise him. But isn't it weird, until he came down that escalator in Manhattan, Everybody loved him. Oh, yeah. The rappers sang about him. He had 14 seasons of the most popular reality TV show. He was doing cameos in movies like, you know, the sequel to Home Alone. Everybody loved him, Sid. Yeah. And then suddenly, yeah. half the nation hates him. Isn't that weird? Uh, it's predictable. You know who really loved him? I, I got a kick out of this, Sebastian. I know I'm late to the party, but I'd never seen it before. I was living in Florida. So I watched for the first time a couple of days ago on Netflix, six years later, Trump and American Dream. And you know who really loved him? Because there's beautiful pictures of her with her husband and Don and Melania and more than one occasion. And that's Hillary Clinton. She loved him. She was at the wedding. She was standing next to him at the Obama press dinner back in 2011, smiling, canoodling up. I mean, she's the biggest phony. She, well, she loved his donations, right? I mean, come on. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's about the filthy lucre. It's about the money. Yeah, they, they loved him until he said, you're crooked, and I'm going to save America. Right, exactly right. So my bigger question then becomes, look, we know he's got the primary wrapped up. It's over, okay? This, yeah. this ain't coming back. But I, I, Yesterday's poll was 40, 41 points in ahead, of, ahead of DeSantis. Yeah, not, not, not 10 points. 41. No, it's, 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 a, it's a blowout. It's a landslide. It's not going to be close. Vivek and the rest of these guys, God bless you. Uh, but the bigger question is, and some of my best friends who are staunch, staunch, I should say, Sebastian Trump supporters, to say they're worried is an understatement about him winning the general election. In fact, I've got buddies who voted for him twice who love him who say, quote, he can't win. What do you thought? <laughs> I, I just find this so amusing. Yeah, you're, talk, the, the, you're saying the guy can't win who got 130 million votes in two elections. The man who got more votes in office in 2020 than any incumbent president in history, not living history, in history. The, the guy, here's the math, okay? Anybody who says he can't win, here's the math about Donald Trump. Uh, he gets 64 million votes in 16. For four years, everyone, from Rachel Maddow to Anderson Cooper to the Washington Post, everyone calls him a misogynist, Islamophobe, uh, white supremacist Nazi, right? Literally, literally a Nazi for four years. He gets 10 million more votes. 10 million more votes. And, and oh, and here's, here's a really interesting historical wrinkle, Sid. He's the only president in history to get more votes second time around and then, quote, unquote, lose. Isn't that interesting? It doesn't make sense. The math doesn't add up. You're doesn't. right. Yeah, of course it doesn't. You're right. But, so, you know, so, so look, it, 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 here's the bottom line. It's up to us. If you care about forget about Republican and Democrat, just throw that out the window. That doesn't exist anymore. America's divided into two groups. Those who love America and those who hate it. I mean, you have to if you have open borders and 6000 illegals crossing every day, if you have people having sex and defecating on the streets of San Francisco, you just hate America. And we've got to these people make it happen make donald trump the president again how do we do that you get engaged don't just listen to your show or my show or you know write a check to your local candidate get engaged if my wife who hates politics said because she's normal 
If she can <laughs> run for local office this year and win, if she can spend 16 hours on election day as chief election officer in our part of Virginia, guess what? What's your excuse? Everyone listening to your show, I'm going to ask you, what is your excuse and what are you doing to save America? It's that easy. You get off your ass, you save America, and he'll be the president, we'll be safe, we'll be prosperous, and America will be great again. Is that really happening with your wife? Yeah, she ran for local office, lost uh, two years ago, ran again and won. And then when I was in Mar-a-Lago in November for the midterms, I'm, you know, eating coconut shrimp with the president. (laughs) Guess what she's doing? She got up at 3.30 and worked that election as the chief election officer. And I saw her on the security camera when I was, you know, I was at Mar-a-Lago and I binged on my phone. She gets home at 10 o'clock. From 4 a.m. to 10 o'clock, what is she doing? She's making sure not one stinking vote was stolen. What are your listeners doing? Come on, let's uh, get up there and save America. You are right, man. You are so right. I went to a, a local Rockaway Republican Party just last week, and these are staunch Republicans. And, and they, you know, locally, too, we've got some big city council votes, a big election coming up in November. And I said, you know, for all you folks that are here tonight donating money, yelling and screaming, rah, 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 a lot of you guys are going to be playing golf that day. Put down the clubs. Okay, don't worry about it. The course will still be there tomorrow. Go out and vote to your point. So Wednesday night yeah. is the first Republican debate. Trump was uh, very steadfast in not going. And then about two weeks ago at a rally, he asked the crowd. And at the Iowa State Fair last weekend, he said, well, maybe 80 think he will. And if he doesn't, will you be disappointed? I'll be disappointed only because it's fun. I mean, remember what he did in 16. Let, let's thank President for Trump for everything he did, crushing ISIS, securing the border, best economy ever. But perhaps one of the best things he did is he made politics fun again. Do you remember how boring politics was? <laughs> yes. Just boring. boring. And then along comes, you know, my old boss, and the debates are hilarious. So, you know, in point of uh, entertainment value. Yeah, I sure I'd like to see him debate. But as a very sagacious uh, guest of mine said on the show this week, I think, um, why would you go to a debate when you've been president and most of the people on the debate stage need, need name tags? It's true. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's a great point. No, I, don't, right. I agree. I, I, I mean, uh, selfishly like you, uh, I want to see him. And I also want to see him, not just because he's entertaining, because I want him to shut the fat mouth of that backstabbing jerk, Chris Christie, that fat bastard who spends his what, days and nights what? just killing our friend. That guy, if I ever see him in real life, I mean, he's not only disgusting to look at, he's disgusting as a human being. Just you. because you didn't get to be attorney general, just because you didn't get your lovely job in the Trump administration, you now want to take a dump on everything you said you stood for and you do it on CNN. All you need to know is, why is a guy who says he's a Republican going on CNN and MSNBC all the time? That's all you need to know. Because he's a clown. He's a You're right. Jealous You're right. Clown. Not only those two shows, he's got a, he's got a uh, weekly spot with George Stephanopoulos, one of the greatest America haters on earth today. You kidding me? Hey, uh, listen. Tells you everything. Uh, tells you everything. Uh, yeah, I was just reminded why I love you so much, Sebastian. I swear to God, that is a great segment. All I ask is that you please keep coming back. You're a great talent, a great American. Good luck to your wife, and thank you so much. Anytime. God bless you and the listeners. That was fun. Thank you, Seth. It was fun. Thank you. Sebastian Gorka, a lot of fun. He is a talented guy, smart guy, real smart guy. This 
is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Bruce Springsteen, born in the USA. Funny thing about this song is it's actually negative. But you know, you hear it, you throw up the old fist, and yeah! Like, and when I'm staring at two beautiful, authentic, homemade American flags, and I just love that stuff to begin with, and a very handsome man named Anthony from ALT Flags, all flags sitting in front of me, then uh, we'll let Bruce yell and scream about uh, the USA. So Anthony reaches out to me, and uh, ALT, A-L-T, stands for his three kids. I just found this out. Anthony, Luke, and Tyler. And he reaches out to me and says, I love your mom, and everybody loves my mom. Everybody does. And I make these authentic, custom-made American flags, and I want to give you guys some of these flags. I'll sell them, give them to you, whatever. And uh, I said, okay, right, sure, great. Listen to the show every day, blah, blah, blah. So uh, finally got back. I finally got back to him this week. And I wanted to see some of the workers. My mom would absolutely hang one of these right by her big Donald Trump flag upstate. And I have to tell you that when you go online, it looks great, but it's a bit of a disservice because it's even nicer in real life. So with that said, Anthony, nice to meet you, pal. How are you? Very good. Very good. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're another Staten Island uh, patriot. That's right. Do you know Scott Lebedo? I've met him a couple of times. I don't personally know him. Okay, but you guys are both artists in a sense. That's right. Right? That's right. right. That's he, right. And he uh, does a lot of patriotic stuff as well. He does. What is it about Staten Island? All the great patriots live there. It's weird. You know, it must be something in the air. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's either uh, guys in witness protection or guys that love the country, <laughs> and in some case, it's both. Uh, so how did you get started with this uh, flag stuff? It's great stuff. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. You know, um, it started off as a hobby and uh, quickly turned into a passion of mine where I just love creating all these different works. Um, we create all different types of American freedom symbols. Yeah. Um, we do American flags, uh, 1776 flags, half and half flags. Um, we do even coin for challenge coins. We make the racks on the flag. Nice. Yep. We're very. You got to make uh, John Katzmatidis one of these. Uh, absolutely. He's a great American. Absolutely. Now, 100%. would you like this before Trump? Because all of my friends became psychos. Since Trump, even me now to a certain extent. No, I definitely grew up very patriotic. Uh, my grandfather was in the war. He was in uh, World War II. He received a Purple Heart, and he instilled oh, wow. that to me uh, from when I was a young child, and it just stayed with me forever. And I, w- I finally had the opportunity to start making flags, and I and I did, and I just loved doing it. So it's not Trump. You, you, the whole life I've been like, did you ever serve? Because you're a big, strong guy. I, I did not. I okay. never served. Even no. your shirt has an American flag yeah, on it. Yeah, the thin blue line. Look at you. Oh, yeah. the thin blue line. Yeah, oh, so yeah. that's for the cops, obviously. Yes. yes. So you're, you're pro-police. I am. You're pro-America. I am. You're, obviously, you're probably pro-Trump now. I am. And you're pro-Sid Rosenberg. That's 100% you, right. my friend, are a great American. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, have you noticed, although all seriousness, since Trump uh, run, ran again and winning, has there been uptick in sales with the, you, with the flags? Know, definitely, definitely. Um, I definitely have a fan base that loves. Um, they're very patriotic. They love my work. And definitely, um, we've seen a bit of an uptick. You have? Um, yes. I, I also have a program uh, for first responders. Uh, it's called Flags for Families of First Responders, where we proudly and uh, 100% free donate a flag to the family of a first responder whose child is suffering a life-threatening illness. i got to get you together with Frank Siller. Absolutely. Have you met Frank Siller? I've never met him. Well, you're familiar, of course, with Tunnel to Towers. Absolutely. And uh, 9-11, well, less than a month away That's right. at this point. That's right. My buddy Mike Sullivan, who runs all of Breezy in Brooklyn, says... Ask Anthony if they make a boat flag 
I'll go online and buy one immediately. He's on his boat. Do you guys make boat flags and stuff like that? Or? We can pretty much do any flag. I've never said no to anybody. Just, yeah. I'm on Instagram at ALT Flags. We're in the process of making a website, so you could definitely shoot me a DM. Um, you can also email me uh, if that's more convenient, ALTFlags1776 at gmail.com. So are you going to vote for Trump? Is that you going to vote for him? More than likely. More than same. likely. <laughs> I mean, what, is it fair to say whoever wins a Republican nomination? Yes. Okay, so you're a Republican through and through. Yes, I am. All right, red, white, and blue. That's right. So on the way out, uh, give me the message one more time for folks listening today where they can purchase uh, your merchandise. And I'm here to tell you, folks, I don't work for him. I don't make any money, nothing free. I'm here to tell you this stuff is gorgeous. If you love this country and love flags, I've never seen a nicer one. How do they get it? Absolutely. You could check me out on Instagram at ALTFlags. Uh, you could shoot me a, a message there. Also, you can email me at ALTFlags1776 at gmail.com. I like the 1776 reference, right, too. Right. Well, it's great to meet you, seriously. You, too. Thank you so much for inviting oh, me over please. here. please. I wish you the best of luck. I will introduce you to Frank Siller. All right. This is a perfect marriage. Thank you so especially much. Especially with the first responder stuff, 9-11, yep. less than a month away. That's right. This is going to be great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on. All right, Anthony. We're done for today. Louis Rufino, Justin Ellick. Of course, uh, Jim Flippin doing a great job for Noam Layden and even Sophia Perez. Thank you, everybody, for listening. It's been a great week. We'll do it again Monday morning at 6. Have a safe weekend. Until then, folks, from all of us to all of you, God bless America, Anthony. Peace.